guys, what's up? Welcome back to another episode of Liberty Diner Dish. I'm Ken. I'm Michelle. And we're about to jump right into another episode of Queer Spoke. Uh-uh. Before we do that, we have to do our delay the inevitable question. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, I didn't really come up with one of my own today, so I stole one that uh was on the very long list of headcanon questions that we got. Got it. So the question is, if Emmett were to get a pet, what kind of pet would he get? Oh, if Emmett was to get a pet, let me see. Well, it wouldn't be a pussy cat. No. Okay? <laughs> it wouldn't be the pussy cat. He, knowing him, he'd probably get a, a weenie dog, like a hot dog. It reminds him of one of his favorite little treats. Yeah, I can see him doing something like that or like a pot belly pig, you know, Ooh, from his days yeah, growing up in, oh, in, in the Mississippi, country. Yeah. Yes, I can see that. Because, you know, to be honest, my you know I want one. Yeah. Like, I want a whole mini farm. But, yes, <laughs> I can see him having that, too. Yeah, for sure. Oh, a pot belly pig, that's a good one. Yeah. For Ted, I totally see him as a cat person. Oh, yeah. But he, it would be a cat, like the cat hates him. He tries with the cat, but then ultimately gives up. I'm telling you, he just has to put the food out and pray that it's coming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah, they can like never be in the same room together. Brian would never have an animal, period. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Michael and um, Ben and them, they're definitely a dog family. Like they got the house. They are a dog, dog family. family. Yeah. Uh, for sure. And um, I think. Are they big dog or small dog? Oh, they're big dog. Because Ben Michael would want a little teeny weeny. Yeah. Ben wants a big dog. And then uh, I think um Hunter would be like, Yo, let's get a lassie. You know, like <laughs> they would they would get a dog, a big one. A big yeah. one. No knowing them, they probably would have two. They would have a small one and a large one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could see Justin trying to like sneak in some little lost puppy and make Brian. <laughs> and then I could see Brian stepping in poop and piss and then it getting tossed. <laughs> like, this is okay? how, unless like Brian accidentally fell in love with it. Behind Justin's back. Behind his back because he's never going to show Justin that he loves his <laughs> yeah. dog. Okay. It's going to be a scene where Brian is sick and the puppy won't leave him alone and jumps on his chest and kisses him a couple million times or whatever. Yeah. And so he'll only pet him when Justin's not around. Yes. Yeah. And and the girls, I think they're cat people as well. No, birds. The girls. Yeah, gonna they're going to be birds. birds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's definitely going to be, that's going to be their thing. That's funny. What about Debbie? Ooh. I could put her with a cat, but like a lap cat. Yeah. One yeah, that's she, nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, like, like a big a old fat one. Yeah, a Garfield yeah, it's girl. Gonna be way yes. overfed. Overfed, <laughs> yeah, super yeah. fluffy. And it doesn't eat cat food. It eat all the Italian that she eats. Okay? <laughs> yeah, she makes like special food for yes, it. Yes, yeah. for mm-hmm. sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Y'all, let us know what y'all think. Who are our animal people? What do they have? We yeah. love to know that. You can even send us little names if you think that they have pet names. Oh, that's cute. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that'd be really cute. Yeah, girl, I, y'all name them. Okay, don't you could no send the names, y'all. I want to yeah. hear. I want to hear what y'all think for sure. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we are uh, moving along in season five, and there's some stuff that we'll have longer conversations about it, but there's stuff that we do see that's going on. Like something I was talking with one of the listeners about was with Michael, part of what Michael, what his whole thing is, even though, yeah, we're, we're tired of his craziness, but part of that is trying to show that a gay couple can provide a stable home for a family. Yes. And, and that is true. A gay, two gay men can provide a stable home for a child and so we get that that he is representing that kind of argument but there are all the other issues too so we know that that's going on and that's a conversation that we'll have later on but also there's the whole idea of assimilation and separation and we'll have a longer conversation about that as well where do we fit into their mold and we try to fit into their society and be polite and be nice and 
don't draw any attention to ourselves, turn down our flame, mm-hmm. or do we continue to be who we are? <laughs> and I know it's a hard choice. Yeah, and and there's and there's some people who are extreme one way or extreme the other, and there's some people who are in the middle, like just chameleons where they can kind of blend. Yeah, into both. yeah, where like in this whatever the situation calls for yeah. is what they they give it. But yeah, so anyway, and I know that they're presenting the two extremes with Michael and Brian is what they've been giving us. So true. Also, I feel like a lot of this season is about the search for validation. And I think all of our characters are looking for that in a different way. And there are different things that they are wanting validated or seeking validation in. And so we're going to have a longer conversation around that at some point, too. Exactly. So these are longer conversations that we will get to have. But I did want to just kind of present that up front to say, hey, we are aware of the broader story that's going on. And I like that about this season. It's telling a story that's bigger than just our game. Yeah, we've we've surpassed that now. Like mm-hmm. now, it's you have to look around, look for the smaller details, the things that are not being said. That's what we're looking for now, and that's why we always like to dive deep. I mean, I jump off the cliff, the yeah. swan dive deep, okay? <laughs> yeah. Because we don't want to just give you guys surface anymore. Mm-hmm. You know? So yes, we definitely recognize those things. Yeah. So let us get started. We uh, start out. With a line out the door at Babylon and a greeting for Mr. Taylor. And I, <laughs> we E-B-I-P. missed it the first time and I made us rewind it so you could hear it. Because I was like, that's right. You put some respect yeah, on his name. some respect <laughs> on his name. Okay, that's yeah. Mr. Taylor. He got the VIP privileges. Okay, that platinum package. Yeah. Emmett has found his way back to Babylon after following all the other disloyal trollops <laughs> to poppers for a bit. He is Mr. Popular now, thanks to his uh, queer guy job. And Justin finds him on the catwalk. And I like this scene. It's kind of bittersweet, bittersweet for me because I would have loved more Justin and Emmett. We over never the really, season. yeah, but I say we never really got not that. A, not near enough. No, no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And their small interactions, I love them so much because they are like a big brother and younger yes. brother, but they are not that far apart in age. Mm-mm. So, where it's like the dynamic he has with Michael, for example. So, I really would have loved to see. A whole lot more of that. And Emmett's personality is so young and youthful. I would love to see it being matched mm-hmm. with Justin's personality. Because although Justin's not your typical young person, he was always right. a little more mature than others. Um, he still was fun mm-hmm. and you know, and did fun things. And that's Emmett. Emmett let his little light shine bright. Yeah. I feel like they're they're similar in a lot of ways. Yeah, they're both they're both very brave, mm-hmm. you know, the two of them, and they are like, This is who I am. And they that looks different. They don't look the exact same way, but they are both very rooted in who they are. Absolutely. Justin is looking for the other Mr. Popular, which would be <laughs> Ryan, of course, and because uh, he has a surprise for Justin. Uh, well, His Majesty is waiting for Justin in the new VIP lounge, which is by invitation only. Mm. Do you think that backroom Todd from like the series, the season premieres? Do you think he got an invitation to the VIP lounge, the one that's like, "Hey, Todd, how's it going?" Oh yeah, <laughs> um, he better okay. Yeah. If you calling him by name while he's doing his thing. <laughs> Then, uh, yeah, he he got a lifetime membership for sure. Crazy. Like, I mean, you doing your thing. Oh, oh. hey, Todd. Hey, hey. How are you? Nothing, <laughs> <laughs> just having yeah. a little hard time. Just a little small talking. <laughs> yes. Yeah, back here, yeah. Justin approaches the curtain and gets another welcome, Mr. Taylor. Do you think it was Brian or Ted who told the staff to call him that? Um, I think just out of respect because he was there. It was his idea to get everybody back in, period. He's been at Babylon trying to help them generate all the business getting back there. I think he's there so they see him as an important figure. 
But I think it was probably Brian who who yeah. said, you know, Mr. Taylor, address these people. These are my core groups. Right. You know, show them the respect <laughs> that you would show me. That's what that's what I think. I think that it was Brian who who probably told them that. And I think it's a way of establishing who Justin is exactly. in, Without saying. in Brian's world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it kind of makes them equals or perhaps partners even in a way in this in this venture, even if they don't own it together or right. whatever. Justin won the only King of Babylon contest that we acknowledge. Yeah. So he is still the reigning king <laughs> of, of Babylon, in addition to this being Brian's domain. So, yeah, it makes sense. Another question with that in mind Do you think that Brian would let Justin compete in the King of Babylon contest these days? Um, Brian well, it's not a, a question of let, but. Yeah, but I say, yeah, Brian doesn't give a damn. He, he couldn't stop him anyway. But, um, Justin wouldn't compete in that because I think he's he's grown from that. He's experienced a lot. Brian would be like, hell yeah, go get it. That's my man. He's sexy. You know what I'm saying? Like, show him what you got. Show him what I'm getting every night. And then, you know, and then bring your friends with you. But I feel like Justin is not is in a spot in his life right now where coming off the high from being in Hollywood. Oh, yeah, he rage. definitely wouldn't do it in yeah. season five. With, yeah, with like, where he's at, his yeah. headspace right now, no. no he definitely like, wouldn't. He, Brian wouldn't give a damn, but Justin wouldn't do it. Yeah. See, I kind of felt like I don't think Brian would stop him, but I think he would like reverse psychology him out of it because Brian gets a little possessive sometimes. And, and when we the saw the first time Justin did it, he was a little bit jealous. Right. And so and he didn't like when Justin was dancing on the bar in season two. Correct. So I was like, mm, he might maybe he'll be excited about it, but maybe he'll be like, Oh, what's this over here? Right. <laughs> Anyway, Brian is waiting in the new VIP lounge for Justin, and uh, he wants to know Justin's opinion on that place. And I believe he really wanted it to be a surprise because we saw Justin there during rehearsals and when the club was empty. And so I'm pretty sure he's been all up and through Babylon. So if he stayed out of this area, it's because Brian probably asked him or told him to. And it's beautiful. Brian did his thing. Yeah. So um, he uh, had this little surprise waiting, and Justin likes it because, as usual, Brian's taste is impeccable. Yes. (laughs) And then Brian says, well, some people may say that Babylon no longer has a purpose, but Brian finds it still has 101 uses, maybe even 102. Oh, I love it. As he signals two guys to come take Justin's coat and any other clothing items he's willing to part with. (laughs) And I just love how Justin is so relaxed. Like, because the one guy is from the back taking the shirt. The one is on the floor taking the zipper down, you know, and then Brian got his hand Coming across the chest. Yeah. And I just love how relaxed Justin is like, oh, you did all this for me, Dad? Yeah, it is like this yeah. little date night yeah. that he set up for them. I mean, this is their version yeah. of a date night, is. which is valid. Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> that's exactly their version of a date night. Mm-hmm. But one, you got he got a surprise. You're in Brian's spot, who he's proud of. He went through, he, he set this all up yeah. for you, mm-hmm. you know? And then he had the two guys that were hot. Ready for you. They weren't already sucking on him yeah. or kissing on him. They were waiting yeah. until he said what he needed to say to you. And then he signaled, signaled them over. And, I mean, let the party begin, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, then we see Melanie, and she's handing off JR to Michael, who is handing her off to Lindsay, who is handing her off to Melanie. And it just goes on and on. Oh, they all need a whipping. So sad. Yeah. I feel bad it's for It's too baby. much for this little baby. You know, even with the custody ing- agreement in place, like, I don't understand why they couldn't wait until she was a little older. I know, baby. This is a newborn, and it's snowing right now. Yeah, Y'all bringing a baby it, out in the weather like that? Babies really aren't even that interesting for the no, first, like, nine months. For real? Like, oh, okay, take a back. <laughs> yeah, after, like, the first five minutes, yeah. it's like, Okay, cool. She ain't holding her head up. She's not crawling. <laughs> she ain't talking. She needs you to feed her. She's shitting everywhere. She pissed. No, I don't want her. 
You keep her. Yeah. Send it to me when she took. I mean, yeah. So like, y'all doing a whole lot of fighting to get not a lot of return. At all. You, <laughs> you don't get any sleep. You're broke. Like, what? Yeah. Hell no. Uh-uh. Yeah. Babies are great, but I don't, yeah. Mm-hmm. Poor little JR is sick and tired of this mess. Like, she is crying and ready to cuss all three of them out. That part, okay. <laughs> yeah. Her first word is going to be, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like, for real. Yeah, because her mama and daddy yell at enough. All the time. <laughs> so, yeah. Michael, Ben, and Hunter are strolling along, and Michael is finally pushing his stroller with JR in it. And I really just want to, like, snatch my eyeballs out and oh, roll them down the sidewalk. I know. I miss. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I want him to have a relationship with his daughter. I do. And I want him to be present in her life. But I'm just like, all this other unnecessary. I mean, he calls a lot of drama. It, it, mm-hmm. You don't want to be happy for him. I can't be. <laughs> like, I see them, and they're, like, supposed to be this cute little family, and I can't even care about it. No, yeah. It's just, it, <laughs> It's just not the way you do it. Like, yeah. again, I'm all for you being into your, your child's life. Like, Absolutely. I, I, I'm an advocate for that. I like, love that you want yes. to be a part of her life. I love that part. Love it. But this is a newborn, and you're literally ripping her from the mama's arm, taking her to court and things like that. Like, come on, bro. Like, that makes no sense to me at right. all, period. I can't be happy for you. Yeah, like, I just I can't just, really can't. celebrate you and your stroller right now. Yeah. I just kind of can't do no, it. I don't have it in me. I can't even fake it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then Ben, let me tell you something. I love Ben, but Ben is a catty bee. He is, girl. <laughs> I was like, I don't understand we the shade. We don't deal with him throughout yeah. this episode, but leading, but even like before, Ben is a very shady bee. Uh, he is. I mean, <laughs> he let the queen come out when he needed to. Yeah, he, yeah. He'll let her slip. I mean, he he would drop some shade on you real quick. So quick. I mean, real quick. Don't forget that he told his uh, husband that he was for Justice League than Ivy League. Oh, uh, I died on it. I said, ooh. <laughs> Not the justice over the ivy. Yeah. Because your shit's terrible. Okay. But, right. But he is. And then the fact that even that whole little story arc right there, when stuff wasn't going his way, he flocked to the one person that was giving him you right. know, the attention. Right. And I'm telling you, if it, if it didn't turn out the boy was a bug chaser, well, this is what it's called, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't the bug chaser? I mean, Ben would have been spreading <laughs> them little outs. Okay. <laughs> it would have been bust down, Tatiana, bust down, Tatiana. Okay. Yeah. Well, anyway, following the events of the pool incident last episode and Callie's parents launching their campaign to Mm. be the worst human beings on the planet, um, Hunter has politely been told that it would be best for all concerned if he were no longer on the swim team. And Michael says, well, maybe there's something else he could be involved in, but... Hunter is not not uh, very hopeful no. with that. Yeah, I can feel where he's coming from. I mean, this is a, a very tricky age. Mm-hmm. He's finally getting settled in, and then these stupid asses ruins his life. Like, right. what adults do that to a child? I know. Like, I, mean, I still just can't wrap my head around it. So I, yeah, I hate they him. did that, They're and then. Awful. He's probably like, I mean, he's probably ashamed. He's angry. He's upset. He has no friends. You guys are his only friends. Y'all old. Right. You know what I'm saying to him. You mm-hmm. know, he's going through and a my lot. Choices are dropout or. Go through this, yeah. So yeah. I mean, like, and neither one. Yeah, hell, and he's at like this at moment, this point, he's got too much hope in him to yeah. drop out. I'm sure he could go get a GED or whatever, but he's got too much hope in him, I think, to give up. But then it's like this is gonna be miserable. Yeah, it's you just you already know that it's gonna get worse. Yeah. before it gets better. And Michael says to him, "Well, you can go around being ticked off and bitter, or you can get over it and move on." And I'm like. Mm. I get yeah. where you're coming from, but... We can say the same thing about the baby situation. For, okay, we can start there. But also, Hunter is 16, and I'm sure, you know, everybody at his school just found out about this, but most of them are probably too emotionally immature to process any of this, so they're going to respond like, 
teenagers. Girl. So. Adults are too immature exactly. to even understand Exactly, you're right. It. Look at like, how Kelly's yeah, are responding. And just still now, like, it's a big thing coming out telling your status. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, I mean, it's huge. Yeah, even now, with now, all of yes. the progress that has been made, it can still be a hard thing. No, it's still hard to just say those words like, I'm positive this is what happened. Or, you know, or I'm positive, let me educate you on so you don't think that I'm just a monster or something. It's still hard to do that these days. Can you imagine being 16 and having to be faced with that? Like, I just... Right. I can't like you. You can't even just worry about the normal high school shit. Mm-hmm. You have to worry about that. Like I mean, like, yeah. Girl. So yeah. Well, Ben tries to calm them both down because Michael and Hunter are getting worked up, and he says to Hunter, "It's their loss if the people at school don't want you involved." And interesting that right as Michael is saying, "You can be bitter about it, or you can forget about it and move on." Brian is rounding the corner in the Corvette. Yeah. And because this is something that Brian has said before, but it's different when Brian says it. Like usually. When he said it to Emmett, when he said it to Ted, even when he said it to Lindsay, it galvanized them. It motivated them into action. And when he said it to Justin in season two, it, he didn't say it harshly. He said that because he was legitimately trying to get him to not think about it. Because right. if Justin was thinking about it, Brian was thinking about it, and that was not good for anybody. Right. So it's different when he because he says that a lot. Like, don't think about it. Don't think about it. Move mm-hmm. on. But it's different, I feel like. When he was saying it. It didn't have any compassion behind it. It was like, it, it happened, get over it. Yeah. That's the kind of feeling. That <laughs> like, it, like, you ain't got over nothing that's yeah. happened to you since you were two Period. years old. Okay. So. Period. Yeah. So yeah it, it didn't It didn't feel like it was loving. It didn't, it didn't come I think from that's a what warm it is. place. Yeah. I think that's what, it, that's what it is for me. Well, Brian pulls alongside them to get a closer look at my two dads. And my, my, Hunter <laughs> has certainly taken on a new tone with Brian. He is no longer trying to slide up no. next to him. He, okay, it's over. Yeah, he throws him a F you and rolls off. <laughs> well, Brian didn't have to shade him. Hey, champ. You know what I'm saying? Like, boy. Yeah. Um, he says, uh, it appears that being straight doesn't agree with the lad. <laughs> um, well, Ben's going to head off to class, and Brian offers him a ride, and um, Ben says, no, he'll just grab the bus. It was the way that he looked, Because I too. was like, I like, was thinking maybe he's going to let the t- let. Brian and Michael talk. Maybe he thinks, okay, they've got some stuff to work out. He's going to leave and let them talk. But it, it was, was just, nasty. Yeah. <laughs> he was trying to be mean and hateful. But I'm thinking, bitch, I'm in the vet. You just said you walk into the bus. Yeah. Okay. I offered you a ride, but don't throw the shade. Because I knew right. you were going to say no for the ride. But right, because I didn't even no. really yeah, mean it I didn't when mean I offered. It. Just yeah. say, no, thank you. <laughs> okay. But it was the way that you looked. And you. And threw then some, I would yeah. rather yeah, like, do public transportation than, yeah. Boy, get your ass on. <laughs> yeah. Brian greets Jr. with a Gucci Gucci or a Prada Prada, if she <laughs> prefers. Um, I think Brian is intentionally acknowledging Jr. first. Like, he and Michael definitely have things to talk about. And, you know, maybe Michael's mad at him because it's the whole thing that happened with the dinner party. Um, but I think Brian uh, Brian's approach is, see, I'm not your enemy. Like, I'm okay with you having a kid. I'm okay with you being married. I'm okay with you having Hunter. And so I think that's why he kind of, like, Right. Goes around to the stroller first, and yeah. then it's like, uh, where were you? <laughs> True, <laughs> so. because he knows that the father fatherly duty is going to come first. You mm-hmm. know? And then that's Michael's where like, Michael's mind yeah, is right that's now. Where his mind that's is. where his priorities are right mm-hmm. now. Yeah, so he know he's he can't attack that because they that last conversation was like, are you ever going to grow up? Type shit. So he really can't attack that. But what I if what if you can't beat him, join him. So he joined <laughs> in with the kids, and then yeah. he's like, but let me look back to my best friend. I'm going to check your ass real quick. Yeah, where were you at? Because mm-hmm. I told you it was important for me. 
uh, important that you come. Where were you? Yeah, so. and like we know why Michael didn't come. We talked about that in the last episode. But, but he got a cell phone. Right, why did he and call? it's been a week. Yeah. Why haven't you told him at this point? That part. And y'all are best friends, but you're talking to mail. I see you got a phone. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have a, a cell phone. Uh-huh. So why haven't you called your best friend? Normally, you just pop up at his loft. Why haven't you done that? Mm-hmm. Y'all in the same city. Like, stop playing with me. Yeah, that's my. I just feel like a little bit of communication would have gone a long way there. Because Brian is probably both hurt and a little angry over this whole deal. And it wasn't necessarily about come to my club. Like, on the surface it was. But we know it was really about don't let them and that lifestyle take you away mm-hmm. from me. And back in the day, he could tempt Michael with a kiss right. on the side of the highway or, like, filling him up when he's yeah. drunk or whatever. But that's not going to work anymore. So he tried to use Michael's first love, which was comic books and superheroes. Mm-hmm to try to win him back to his side, kind of willing to try anything. But if that didn't work, then Brian's like, yeah, what other tool do I have to tether him to me? Well, Michael tells him that he's been busy flying around himself. Having a baby really keeps you on your toes. Like, okay, girl, you really trying it. Yeah, baby. You have this baby one night. (laughs) Okay. And also, like, I hope that wasn't a jab at, like, this is how I do parenting. I don't know what you... Well, you do with guys, no, but they- hell no, no. He 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 didn't mean it like that because he know that's a totally se- some different situation. Brian was supposed to sign the rights away immediately. Nah, definitely not the same scenario. Yeah, okay, at all. <laughs> if, if, if Michael, if, girl, nah, don't get me. You already know how I feel about Michael. Don't don't make me want to go through the TV screen now for real on some <laughs> I shit know, like yeah. that. He has pushed me to my limit lately. <laughs> yeah, Brian does say that uh, he and uh, Michael and Ben should make a plan to swing by at some point. I don't think he's very hopeful, but he does say that. Right. Do you think that Ryan should just let it be? Just kind of let them venture in their own direction? Yeah, I think he should let it ride. But a good friend is still going to try to stay in contact with the friend and see where what's going on with them. And if y'all still can make some type of connection. Because if they let too much time go by, they're going to kind of lose what they what they had. You will always be friends, but you won't have that same connection that you always had. Uh, but at the same time, yes, I think Mike, I mean, Brian, got to let Michael go a little bit. Yeah. He's married now. He does have Hunter. He does have um, um, Jr. I mean, that's a lot going on. You live a single life. Well, no, he ain't single. But Brian doesn't have any kids. Yeah. He doesn't live that same. He doesn't want to be married. He doesn't have that same commitment. Well, he doesn't want to fit that mold. Yeah, of fit what, that mold. Yeah. He doesn't have the same Michael commitment or idea of what a relationship should be. I mean, it's um, ben, and, uh, ben and Michael. I think that he's got to, like, let time do its thing. And if it's meant to be, then y'all come back. But I'm glad that he did try to stay on top of Michael, and because he's the only one making the effort. Right, he, he's the only one. He's the constantly the one who's yeah. extending the olive branch. Definitely in this season, he's the one who's been doing it so far. In kind of the whole series, he's been the one, who the one who the does day, it. Always, yeah, yeah, the one who reaches back out to to Michael, even if he was the one who caused the issue. He's been the one who who reaches back out. I think before he had anyone else, he had Michael as a friend. And for a person who has spent nearly three decades expecting everyone to leave him, no matter the reason, I can see why he's wanting to hold on to the one person who was always there. Like Michael's not the only person there anymore, but he's been there the longest, and that means something to Brian. Mm-hmm. And also, on a smaller scale, we are getting to examine whether or not these two ideologies can coexist. Right. Can Michael prioritize what he prioritizes and Brian do the same and then still be friends? So we're kind of getting to see that also. But part of me does feel like you just kind of got to let this. Yeah. I get why he's holding on to it, but part of me is like, you got to just let Tom yeah. do. It'll bring it it'll bring you back if it needs to. Yeah. But and if it doesn't, maybe then it don't. focus where your energy needs to be focused. Yeah. on. Yeah, you know? because it's fine for Michael to move toward what he wants. It's not okay for him to 
hold Brian to that same standard or judge him or say, well, you're less mature because you're not doing it the way I'm doing it. Right. Or you're wrong because you're not doing it the way I'm doing it. But it's fine for him to move in his direction. Let me add one little thing here. And I'm going to speak for both of us. I don't want y'all to come for my bouquin. So I'm going to put this in here. We are not saying Brian is not committed to his relationship because he's not monogamous. Commitment and monogamy are two very different words that can coexist, Mm -hmm. but they don't have to. I absolutely believe you can be in an open relationship and be super committed to your partner or partners. And I happen to believe that is the case for Brian. I do think that he is committed. I agree. Now tell me, did it look like to you that Michael had taken a curling iron to the front of his hair? Girl, it was, what, what is that? <laughs> I do like, not know. I was like, no, but you should have threw a hat on. Yeah, I don't know what, what all these people are doing with their hair this season. This was know. a no. Uh, I'm loving Melanie's hair. Yeah, though. only a few of them are acting right. Like I'm yes. loving Justin's hair. Love Melanie's. I love Justin's. Emmett's. It keeps changing. I like. Yeah, uh, it's one. It's versions of a same little yeah. spiky deal uh-huh. for for Emmett. Which I think it works for him though. Yeah. Uh, I was not a fan of the blonde on yeah. Ted. Oh yeah. Like no, like, <laughs> no. That wasn't my favorite. No, like baby, you you definitely came out the box. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, it like it was a box color. And you know, Brian's hair is always beautiful to me. Like, yeah. It doesn't matter. Like, there are a couple of times where it looks a little like. A little bit styled weird in this season, but for the most part, he gets a pass. Right. Yeah. We see Loretta Pie at Debbie and Carl's. She brought some beautiful roses, and she made Debbie three kinds of fudge. Uh, she even has a lip on. Uh, you know, that's what people say around yeah. lipstick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she is obviously putting her best foot forward to impress young Deborah. Emmett comes downstairs as Loretta is heading off to work, and he notices the way that Loretta tries to inhale Debbie's soul when she hugs her. (laughs) And he tells Debbie that it's obvious that Loretta is falling in love with her. And he's like, look, you got to be gentle but firm and tell her it can never be. Well, Debbie tries to practice (laughs) how she's going to break it to her. Yeah, that was funny. She has, what's it, it, Loretta, I have no desire to dive into any muff. Yes. Tweak a few yes. things there, but uh, yeah, but uh, she better get it done fast before Loretta is unpacking her off roading vehicle and moving in, girl. Because we know they move quick, <laughs> yeah. Y'all be moving, girls. Y'all girls be moving. Loretta is not playing. I mean, three three types of fudge, though. Three, I mean, I was like, damn, can I have some Loretta? Hey, <laughs> Loretta, can we be friends? <laughs> And yeah. she brought the red roses, she too. She did. I mean, okay. Not even the friendship color no, roses. She brought the long-stemmed. I was yeah. like, girl, you just spent some money. <laughs> she spent all her tips. But I said, she must have got a little settlement from that husband yeah. or something, you know. <laughs> we see Brian with his pants down. No surprise there. But he is standing in front of a man. and But it's not what we expect. He has uh, <laughs> got a little situation, a case of syphilis. The doctor asks if Brian can pinpoint who gave it to him. And I love Brian's face there. He's like, well, you may have found the needle, but locating the haystack is going to be a problem. (laughs) That part. Are you surprised that Brian hasn't had an STD on the show yet? Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, absolutely. Yeah. Like, I highly doubt this is his first one because earlier, might have been even season one, he and Michael were kind of joking about some one of the curable STDs. But I do think it's been a minute for Brian. Well, yeah. Because I mean, he does look a little bit like. Like me? Like, yeah. Damn, how? <laughs> yeah, like I got caught on the end. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh. yeah, he was just thinking. But yeah, it's definitely not his first at all. But thank nah. God it's only syphilis. Because when the man said can- um, canker, I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Like, I thought it was like the boy had herpes or warts or something. I was like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so after, um, he'll be good after some penicillin and a few days of um, inaction. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> good luck. I do like that they. 
the doctor tells him to do the responsible thing of notifying all of his sexual partners. I do like that that is in there. Now, to that instruction, Brian says, had we but world enough and time, which kind of works in two ways. Could be that Brian is thinking even with all of time at his disposal, he wouldn't be able to reach all of his hookups. Exactly. (laughs) That's what he meant. Yeah. But also, this is a quote from a poem about a man and a coy mistress who is unwilling to do the deed with him. And he's saying life is short and we should enjoy our youth and beauty while we can. And he feels like time is being wasted while he's having to sit on the sideline oh. and be denied what he wants to enjoy. Oh, so, I love that. Yeah. yeah I love that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the vibe is very dark in that office. It, it was, felt like he was after hours or before hours. Girl, I didn't think there was a doctor's office because the vibe was so dark. Yeah. It was okay. very dark in there. Even the blinds were the mostly shadows. closed. Yeah. yeah. And so there's probably like some reason they did it like that. I don't know. We'll dig into that next He time. even had, they in his private office. He even had the curtain pulled in the private yeah. office. <laughs> yeah. You got, the, you got a, for one, you got a curtain in your office. Uh-huh. You know like, I mean, he even had the curtain pulled in the private office, open it up, then he sits in the desk. Right. Wow. It's like, a very interesting arrangement there. Yeah, they were making it seem like he was famous or something. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Well, Hunter is back at school, and I'm proud of him, but I really hurt for him also, and mm-hmm. especially because all of the kids are openly staring at yeah. him. And the song in the original version here is Awake the Unkind by Uncle. It says you're you're standing in the wake of my only big mistake. And it's like Hunter is being viewed as the worst part of his history, even though he had like no control over most of it. Mm-hmm. That's all they're seeing of, of him. And these kids don't even have the full story. You know, high school is like a game of telephone. Baby, so there's didn't. no telling what story uh-uh. the story is now. Baby, <laughs> you know? he, was, he had HIV, but tomorrow he got AIDS. That he telephone, got like some new strand of it, part, too. It was oh, like, it's not the regular one. You can get it by yeah. eye contact or whatever. You know? And girl, yeah. you just never know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, kind of a horrible situation. But what I do like about this scene is shows how strong he really is, though, mm-hmm. because me. He's affected by yeah. it, but he's still doing it. Yeah, I I, I would have tucked my tail and probably ran. I mean, with, with parents and my peers coming for me, and then just being gay. You know me, I could... It took me years to come out that right. I was gay. And then when I did come out, it took me years to go home, to go back. I can't even imagine being 16 or 17 gay. The world knows. Yeah. And I still got to go. Because he doesn't have to go to the school. Yeah. Or even <laughs> straight, but to have a, a past that makes it seem like you're gay. Thank you. Th- yeah. Thank you for correcting me up. Yes, that part. Uh, I don't know. like, But him walking there, he let him know you're but not going to break me. Yeah. yeah. And, and pushing. That right there, I mean, that lifted my spirits and it made my heart feel really warm for him. Because like you said, I do feel bad for him. Like my, my heart breaks yeah. for him in this situation. Yeah. But I but mean. But we're still very proud. Yeah, yeah, very proud. He goes to class and a kid moves away from him. Like, okay, yeah, dude. Callie comes and sits in front of him and tries to be nice. But Hunter is not having it because she's the only person that he told. What we saw, he only told her part of the story because she asked him how he got it, but I think she like cut it off and went to right. something. Else. So it's possible he told her more after the fact. Um, but she reminds him that he told her parents. And after Hunter hit his head at the pool, her parents got on the phone playing party line and called all these other parents. And that's how the story got out to everybody. Yeah. But that's just petty. I know. I wish there was something illegal about that. It has to be about disclosing this information HIPAA, about a, a minor. Yeah. Like, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. Like I know HIPAA law doesn't apply to individuals, I but know, there a, ought to be something that is illegal about about that. 
this is terrible. I know. Yeah. Callie says that she told her parents that she'll never forgive them for what they did in that situation. And But she's going to be there as a friend to Hunter is what she's trying to do. I don't know if she was like aiming for more. We'd have to, we'll have to see. But right now, as a, as a friend, and I like that she shoots straight with him. Like she's not going to baby him, and she's like, "Are you okay?" Because she, I'm sure she, she knows he's not okay. Right? Who would be in in that situation? But she treats him like she's always treated him. Right. And so I do appreciate that about her. And the fact that she doesn't give a damn about being seen with him, like kids right. are moving chairs and and shit, yeah, get away from him. And she's like, and right she's in front, and right. give me a pencil, give me yes. something that you have touched, mm-hmm. and and I'm going to use it. And so even that simple gesture like that, yeah. And the eye contact, you can tell that she still cares for the boy, mm-hmm. you know. I just don't, I mean, I'm taking my anger out on her because I don't like her parents. Right. You know? Like, I can't get them, but I can get you, though. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like, I'm choosing violence when it comes to her. I'm not feeling her energy. Turn your ass around. You know what? Your parents started all this shit. Turn your ass around. No, you can't get no pencil. Y'all the rich ones. Get them from them. Like, no, get out my face. Like, thank you for being nice, but no thanks. I'm sorry. Oh, and I was going to say, one good friend can make all the difference. <laughs> Girl, no. Okay. <laughs> you just ruined that for me. Well, I'm sorry. Well, it, no, I'm not feeling her. Yeah. Okay. But you are feeling Hunter's hair. I was not. This was a no oh, for me. Oh, see, it was a yes for me. It, it reminds me of like uh, Paul McCartney, 1960. Exactly. Yeah. And that's a problem for me. <laughs> The covered ear, little bowl cut. Yeah, like, I need to do an interview with hair and makeup. Yes. Okay, and just show them pictures and just explain yourself. Yeah, please. Okay, what were we thinking? What again? are we doing with Lindsay's haircut? Oh, girl, it's a scene in here. Lindsay has this crinkle, wet look. Not <laughs> with a straight bang. Baby, not the one. Okay, not. I was thinking like, damn, Lindsay, what are you doing? <laughs> like, we're trying to root for you, yeah, and then you baby, come with this. Yeah, you come with this, baby. You lose it all. Okay. Yeah. You back down to zero. Okay. Ted is home recovering in the dark on his sofa. Emmett comes in wearing some faux fur. He's always serving the faux yes. fur. Uh, Ted is not happy with the results of his surgery. He feels like he made a mistake. But it's probably he's dealing with the bruising and the swelling, yeah. and he's being super dramatic because they are all super dramatic. All of them. <laughs> Every single one of them. He says now he's condemned to spend the rest of his days in the shadow, traveling through the sewers like the Phantom of the Pittsburgh Civic Opera. <laughs> Dramatics, girl. Over the top. Okay, the academy goes to. Yes, Emmett is done with his theatrics, but he sits there. He's going to be there for him because he's like, this is probably what he expected from Ted anyway. You know, he knew that this one thing wasn't going to be the end all be all, but it's just part of the journey, part of the process. How do you think the conversation went um, with Ted and um, Emmett? Because I knew they were going to build on their friendship. But it looked like they just fell right back into place. Mm-hmm. How do you think that conversation went? Who who approached you and was like, let's just be us? I mean, like, what what do you think? I think, you know, the Liberty Ride, I think that helps a lot because mm-hmm. there was some tension there because <sighs> yeah. uh, Ted was dealing with his own anxieties over not being able to go be to with his group and yeah. go to the meetings. And Emmett is trying to be there to support him, but it's like, you really taking it out of me right now. Yeah. And so I think going through something like that together, having that experience together, I think it was kind of just by unspoken mutual agreement that I still love you, you still love me, and I think I th- I don't think it happened in like a direct head-on conversation. I think it was just in these little moments, right? Like when they were at uh, Ben and Michael's wedding, and Ted was there crying, and he was like, "I think about what possibly could have happened for us had I not mm-hmm. gone the way I went." And then Emmett was just 
it's okay. We're still friends. Like, yeah. And so I think it was in little moments like that. I agree. But I forgot about the Liberty Ride, them going together mm-hmm. and that bonding moment they had with that um, outside. Yeah, doing, with the donut yes, and, the, and the cows. Yeah, yeah, we loved it. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, but yeah, I think, like you said, I think it was something that it probably wasn't even spoken about. So I feel like it wasn't a conversation that was had. It was more like actions that was being shown. Just a little small little things. And both of them probably. I'm pretty sure Ted is doing things for Emmett as well, you know. But I feel that's exactly how we um, got them back together. Yeah. I like it, too. I like because Ted needed a friend. I mean, although he had Brian now, I'm glad he has Brian because he has more swag on him, more confidence. Yeah. But, I mean, it's good to see Emmett and Ted back. Yeah, because there's a, there's a part of Ted that Emmett is going to embrace and understand that Brian ain't got time for him. Yeah, <laughs> he won't. Even if he did, he is not going to invest it. Yeah, okay? I don't mean, like, the literal time. I mean... Right. I'm not doing that emotionally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I'm saying even yeah. if Brian, like, if Brian was like, oh, my God, I want to help you. And he started off. Like, you know yeah, what? Never no, mind. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Turns around. Tag, Emmett, you in. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what I mean. I didn't mean literal time. But yeah. I just meant like, yeah, nah, not for me, boo-boo. Mm-hmm. Uh, martini, please. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. That's definitely how it would go down. Yeah. We see Melanie and Lindsay, and every time we got to a scene with them, you would, like, sit up, like, ooh, I can't wait for this one. Girl, that's my best scenes, okay? <laughs> they bring all the ratchet in the tea, okay? Yeah. I love it. Yeah, they are doing the bills, and that already wasn't easy with them when they were together. Mm-hmm. But the water heater broke and had to be replaced to the tune of uh, $1,200. Now, I Googled water heater prices because I care about you guys, and I wanted to know if, Me- if Melanie was intentionally being petty and picked the most, like, expensive thing. Now, you can buy a water heater cheaper than that, but the installation and whatnot, oh, got it. that's probably about right. About right. right. And that is a, a two-story home that they live True. in, so it's possible. I can't figure out the bathroom situation there if they only got, like, one. I know. I, you know, because yeah. that, that seemed like a big house, but apparently it's, like, one. not a lot of room. <laughs> yeah. It does look a little small, right? Yeah, like, because I guess it's two bedrooms. Like, Gus has one, and then they shared one. And then and the, the attic. attic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But downstairs looks really big. I don't know. I I don't know. I don't understand that house. (laughs) But anyway, this is probably an acceptable price. So y'all leave Melanie alone. But Lindsay doesn't want to pay for half of the water heater because she doesn't live there. But Melanie says, well, I pay half of your rent and I don't live there. That part. Plus, I I bathe the kids. I wash their clothes. I do all that stuff here. And but Lindsay ain't having that. Lindsay was like, did you have any other options? She was like, no, I didn't have time for that. Yeah. Okay? But I mean, when I say Melanie ran Lindsay down for Fifth Rock right quick, it was, uh, <laughs> so what should I do? Just take him down to the river? You know what I'm saying? And bro, I'm and beat him on the river. <laughs> well, she's so over the top. <laughs> she is, I don't know why See, she's still so mad. they are all dramatic. They yes. are all so dramatic. Yeah. Well, she said, beat their clothes over the rocks. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, and the other thing is they do not handle business right. It should have been flat rate discussions or I'll pay, we'll split the bills in column A, but you're on your own for the bills in column right. B. Like, they don't handle business right. Clearly, <laughs> communication was their downfall. Yeah. The, the whole damn group's downfall. Yeah, all of them. <laughs> Lindsay is stretched for money, as it is, and she tells Melanie to find money somewhere else. And then she suggests that she go back to work. <laughs> like, girl, you're probably right, but not after Melanie had to figure out a way for you to be a stay-at-home mom mm-hmm. for Gus those first few years. Yep. <laughs> so, and Melanie does remind her of that. Uh, but Lindsay says the circumstances were different. They still lived together, and they still loved each other. Boom, boom. That was a double yeah. barrel shotgun, girl. <laughs> Lindsay, like, she loaded that bitch. She cocked that hoe. She stared at her. 
Then she pulled the trigger and shot right through the heart, yeah. okay? Yeah, because you know that hurt that hurt Melanie right there. Because she does still love Lindsay, and I think that's why she's still so mad and angry I think so. and can't move forward. Mm-hmm, because that love is still there. Yeah. And I think uh, and deep down inside, she's thinking, like, maybe I'll be able to work through this. Like, there's going to be a time I'm going to work through it. I'll be able to work through this. If she still loves me, we'll we'll, we'll make this work. Mm-hmm. Not going to say it's going to be the same. Yeah. But we'll I make think this she work. feels like Lindsay has moved on, though. And that is what, like, it was easier for Lindsay to move on than she wanted Melanie probably felt like I wish this was harder for her to move away from. And so I wonder if she's kind of mad about that, too. I mean, yeah, but at the same time, girl, I remember when your ass moved on. Right. When you was cheating. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you, and you left her when Gus, at least she's still helping with the baby. Yeah. You left her. She had to go get an outside man from France, <laughs> okay, to come into the house and help with the babies because your ass out here thawed in these streets. But, you know, anyway. Yeah. But, I mean, girl, she gave... In our minds, I think she gave a girl at least six months to get over the, get over the, right. the infidelity. You couldn't get over it. I have no choice but to move on. And I don't think she had moved on, but at the same time, bitch, you're not going to use me as an emotional Right, and I just bag. can't stay in an in-between yeah. either, like where I have to wait wait for you to make up your mind. Yeah. And while I'm in that in-between, you are like, girl, she hateful. Purgatory. And, yeah. Yeah, that's what she had. Like, she's trying to get to heaven, you know what I'm saying? But Lindsay come down looking like Satan, drag her ass back. I mean, a uh, male come down looking like Satan, drag her to hell, shit. So, I mean, like, it's a lose situation. Yeah. Lindsay will pay her part of everything else, but she's not going to pay for the water heater. What do you think on that? I mean, at first when she was like, pay for the water heater, I was like, why the hell is she paying for the water heater? But then she said, I'm paying your rent. And I'm like, girl, you better pay that water heater. <laughs> you shall bet. You know down the street. Girl, pay that water heater because, you know, that water heater is going to be that one-time thing. That rent is monthly. For okay. real. She was like, okay, well, since I have to pay that this month, I can't afford to pay you yeah, rent next so, month. So. Mm-hmm. What about Gus? What about JR? Right. Okay. <laughs> but so. Let me know. Yeah, it's what Brian said a few episodes ago. In a messy divorce, nobody stays clean. Mm-mm. That's just what they're both right and, and they're girl, both wrong. They were wearing white. Okay, and now they filthy. Okay? <laughs> yeah, we've seen them fight dirty all yeah. series long, but man, they are really. Season five is my favorite. Like, I look forward to their storyline. Like, because it's real shit. You know, it like, is real. That's the thing. It's real. real so it is hard. Like, I know in, in my real life, I'm seeing this situation with some people mm-hmm. that I'm very close to, and it is. It is messy and it gets dirty yes. and it it sucks and there's still a lot of love and a lot of good emotion involved or or good feelings involved, but it's overshadowed by all this bad junk that's happening because of hurt feelings. So yeah, it is real. Is it just me or do you when you see the scene start off with them, my anxiety go through the roof. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she just be killing me. I'm like, I don't know if they're gonna be a good scene or not. Like, right? Just give her a hug, damn it. She want a hug. It's just not just her. you, yeah. Like, girl, I'm be on yeah. edge, and then <laughs> then the drama started. I'm like, get the popcorn. Yeah. Okay. Well, we see Justin home cooking, and Brian just finished a shower. There is a salad on the table and wine, and so you know it's gonna be a nice little night. Mr. Taylor doing his Taylor yeah, thing. Yeah, domestic, just chilling at the house. Brighton is probably my favorite Brighton. Mm-hmm. Well, it's probably a three way tie between that version of them. And them scheming and taking down somebody or taking something on. I love when they work together like that. Yes. Or even when they're like teaming up and being catty toward their friends. I like that version of them too. Oh, (laughs) boy. You can't put the two best readers in uh, in the same team. I know, because they will shred somebody, both of them. And Justin will do it so polite with a smile. Yeah, smile, looking beautiful. Because he's so waspy. And then Brian's just going to be like straight up with it. Yeah, for real. You cannot put the two best readers together. So, no. Uh -uh. Yeah. Justin's pasta sauce is suspiciously good, but we 
we know that he's been chefing it up in the kitchen since season one when he was making the jambalaya. True. And I think he had to get real creative when he was over at the shanty. Oh, you know he did. <laughs> <laughs> like, so. yeah, breakfast was like two strawberries and some dark chocolate. That part, okay. From, if Ian was cooking, yeah, so he had to real. get real. I don't even know if they had a kitchen. No, <laughs> girl, I wouldn't even eat in that kitchen, to be honest. They probably had a little crock pot, little, what was it, a little burner? Little, uh, yeah, the little heat, uh, hot plate. Hot plate, yeah, hot yeah. plate, girl. You had that hoe, okay. Yeah. But I love the journey of of them going from that season one episode with the jambalaya where a night at home with dinner on the table together was something that Brian had to compromise to do mm-hmm. to now it being something that is practiced and routine and comfortable. Yep. I really like seeing their relationship journey in those small ways, too. True. And also just seeing, like, Justin's first cooking look like a kid cooking, you know, well, making a mess and food everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. This time it's more controlled. He looked like he knows what he's doing. Hell, I want to eat. This when is he was less taste- to impress Brian yeah. and more to, like, let's just sit and enjoy this. Yeah. I was like, damn, let me taste it. Yeah. <laughs> it looked good. <laughs> he looked good in his diesel shirt cooking. I was like, okay, yeah. Brian. Okay, through. sunshine. <laughs> and I keep telling myself that things are different in some ways this season because Justin lives here, lives here yeah. now. Like, he's just not just spending the night. He it's is home. home. Yeah. And so I want to soak up all the good moments before we leave this scene because, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Justin borrowed one of Michael's cookbooks. It seems that he's been hanging out with Michael a lot more lately. It's something I picked up on. But it's probably because he's helping them. Well, he's got a little bit more time on his yeah, hands right now. Exactly. They have a project. He yeah. can go lend time to it. And they're still working on on Rage. True. So they're swapping cookbooks. And uh, Brian jokes about the little wives swapping recipes. What what next, mates? Now, Justin's a little offended, and he happens to like cooking. And uh, I do think that is true. Um, and I'm like, Brian, don't act like you don't like a home-cooked meal. That I part. heard that mm, when he walks into the little <laughs> kitchen area. Yes. Yeah. But Justin does not like it when Brian mocks him for liking what he likes and being who and how he is and wanting what he wants. It's something that he gets a little bit defensive about. Yeah, so you see that come angry, out a little bit. Yeah. But he got real snappy Yeah, and it was you. like, well, fine. Yeah. You don't have to. Okay, well, listen. <laughs> while I eat my little gourmet that I cook, you go ahead and order that Thai food. Yeah, that for had. the third time mm-hmm. this week. Yeah. Because trust me, this, this pasta is going to be bussing. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Bussing, bussing. But Brian knows that his little wife, Jeb, bothered Justin. So he tries to make it up to him with a little nuzzle and by telling him that he loves his cream sauce. Yeah, he doesn't want to eat that Thai food again for a third time. No, this week. absolutely not. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And he knows that Justin is petty enough to make him eat to that make him food. do it either yes. by eating the whole pot of food himself yeah. or by like immediately dumping the leftovers <laughs> in the trash. I, I, I would love to see him dump the leftovers. <laughs> but you said you wasn't hungry. Yeah. Oh, your food hasn't arrived yet. Too bad. I'm done with this. <laughs> exactly. It was so good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Justin also made dessert, but it's not the penicillin tart Brian is trying to serve. <laughs> And he has to tell Justin that he has syphilis. And you can tell that he's, like, trying to... He's trying to make it a, a joke. And, or he's and just trying to just, words. like, slip like, it in, yeah. you know, and just, like, by the way. Uh, you can tell he didn't want to open that can of worms, but he knows that he has to. And he tells Justin that it's not a big deal. The way he just throws it out there, like, yeah, I got syphilis. Okay. Girl, he, low key, he's embarrassed. And he didn't want to tell Justin. I think so. And they're going to have yeah, a nice evening. Like, were. Justin's in there cooking. They've got, like I said, the wine out. And things have been going... For the most part, pretty good with them. And so, like, that's going to be a mood killer. Yeah, but my thing is, baby, wait till y'all finish dinner. And then when he tried to start, then yeah, tell Yeah, it's like, oh, boop, boop, boop. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> or, I mean, you told, he didn't even know you had cancer for the longest until he let listen to a message. Right. Baby, you could tell, oh, no, baby, not today. My, 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 
I, you could have made up something. Yeah, my sciatica. Yeah, it, some, <laughs> you, know what I'm you only had three to two days at 48 or 72. Mm-hmm. 48, right? Yeah. 48 and 48 hours not to mess around. Yeah. You didn't have to like, and then then you saying something like, oh, it's no biggie. Bitch, it's a biggie because I could have had it. I don't care what you do, but I care what, what I do. Right. You know, like, come on now. What you mean no biggie? Yeah. I think that Brian is very in tune with Justin's mood. And I think that he knows that lately Justin hasn't really been in his normal. Mm-hmm. And so we see him being very quick to try to smooth the feathers that he ruffles. And so in this situation, he did it. And I think he that's why he tried to say it just casually. Mm-hmm. But it's like, mm-mm, that's not going to work yeah, because our favorite public service announcement says, oh, yes, it is a big deal. Yeah. It can cause heart abnormalities, mental disorders, and blindness. blindness. Yeah. And Brian doesn't want a lecture from Dr. Taylor because I do think in a way he is kind of upset with himself, possibly yeah. something close to embarrassed and just didn't want to deal with this tonight. Besides, the patient has already been treated and cured. He just has to stay on the sidelines for another 48, no, 42 hours. So, <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure if Justin would have asked, Brian has the minutes calculated, too, on that one. Mm-hmm. Well, Justin asks him if he was um, lining up behind the center with no helmet, and if that's how he got it. But Brian says that he he wasn't. He must have gotten it from some jobber. Well, now Justin's even more upset. And I think that even in an open relationship, I can kind of understand that, kind of understand you being upset about that. Like, not saying it's right or wrong how you how it goes on to handle it, but I can see where he's coming from. Like, your partner is here telling you they have a venereal disease that they have possibly passed on to you. Mm. That's a little I would upsetting. Be angry. Yeah, yeah, I would be angry. I can see that being upsetting. Um, I just want to give you kudos for your little terms. I love that. Um, <laughs> lining up behind the center with no helmet. Love, love, love. I'm stealing that. And then you always say jobbers. I love that. Okay. But girl, can you catch it from jobbers? Like, I mean, you can have syphilis in the throat. I guess so. They have one in, yeah, I guess so. You can have syphilis in the throat. Yeah. Oh, that's scary. That is scary. Oh, hell's to the now. Okay. Like, damn. (laughs) So now you got to do a whole, like, oral evaluation before you. For real. Like, open up. Take a flashlight with you. Like, let me see. Say, ah. You got a cavity in that back on that back molar. (laughs) But okay, you look good in the throat, though. Okay, come on. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, no, that's crazy. Well, apparently you gotta be checking for that too. And right? I believe him too. Like I don't think Brian would ever have unsafe sex. I oh mean, yeah, like no, he wouldn't, because he wouldn't put himself, one, or he definitely one. wouldn't put De- Justin at risk. Right. he would not do that. So I, I believe him on that. And I mean, it could happen to anybody. Like yeah, y'all, y'all play around. Mm-hmm. It, I mean, it just happened to him. Mm-hmm. So I understand why he's saying it's not a big deal, but it is. Yeah, it's not. Maybe not. It's a big deal to you, but and I know you're embarrassed. But I think you should have more sympathy for what he's feeling in this moment. Right. You know, because yeah. like you said, his mood's been a little off. And you've been getting him back. So, and you I mean, know his moves yeah, have been off. So, so yeah, don't be surprised mm-hmm. here. But, uh, yeah, Justin's not happy with this. He says that he's surprised this hasn't happened before with all the holes Brian's been planting his seed in lately. I know. <laughs> what? He is reading Brian down. Yeah. Though. Like, he did go like, whoa, yeah. Justin, that's not what I expected from you. Yeah. But I think it's just, I don't know, probably because in, he had in his mind we are going to, have I'm going to cook, night. we're going to have a nice night. Mm-hmm. I'm cooking dinner. It makes me feel good to have a home cooked meal. We're going to enjoy this together. And then you come in with this story about, I need to go get tested for syphilis. Yeah. And so I get that because here's what I envisioned for tonight. Mm-hmm. And here's what I got. Here's what I got. <laughs> and I got that because of yeah. the way you live your life, even mm-hmm. though. what We, we live the same thing. Even though life, Justin but, does it too, which yeah. Brian calls him out for being a hypocrite, of course, but. Yeah, and I think he 
When Brian said that, I think he was kind of like, yeah, that's true. But <laughs> Yeah, like, I, I don't have a rebuttal for that. You're right. Yeah, because Brian reminds Justin that he hasn't exactly been him a saint himself. We just saw him earlier in this episode with the guys in the back room. And then Brian true. says, I could have even gotten it from you. But, yeah, no, that's true. He could have got it from him. But I will say, Brian, let's don't do that too much. Right. Because— Justin would give all that bullshit up just to have a monogamous relationship with you. Right, okay? he would. Like, mm -hmm. He would change all of that for you. I think he, he enjoys the best of both worlds, he but does. he really, if he had his rathers, let me tweak that a bit. I won't say that if he had his rathers, because I don't think now is a good time to assess what Justin would prefer. I've always been told not to make big decisions after major life events. And I think where Justin is in his life, the Hollywood stuff and the back to nothing issue, like that counts as a major life event for him. So I will say that if he had to choose, he would pick Brian over all the other guys. I think that he would choose. Yeah. Yeah. He would choose Brian over any right, little sure. back room, little thotty or whatever the case, you know, mm -hmm. he would he, no. So you saying that, yes, you could have gotten it from him, but that was just you shading him. You know what I'm saying? Because you know, I mean, Brian knows better. Like, yeah. he knows Justin Hart. And I think it's also another reason why Justin is mad. Like, y'all too far along in this game. The fact that you brought me here and moved me in, now we should be on a different playing field, boom. We're making steps. And I think that's the thing is we are in this, I wouldn't even call it a loop. We're just in this, like, stuck yeah. place. And I think that is starting to be a, a problem. Yeah, and he's, I mean, like, he's experiencing things now for once. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think literally him getting out uh, of Pittsburgh and seeing what, seeing what, what the options are, for life yeah. could be. Yeah. That just kind of opened his mind. So, I mean, he's like, I'm here for the fun, but I mean, there's more to life and more to me than just what we're doing. Just mm -hmm. this. Mm -hmm. It has to be more to it. I need some more substance. Um, but yeah. I'm going to hold my comments on some of that for now. This season is really hard to talk about one episode at a time. So I can't really say what I want to say here. So I'm probably just going to have a chat over on Patreon where I can be free to be me in all my long-windedness. But I can briefly say that if Justin is dealing with what I've been saying he's dealing with, then it would make sense in this moment, at this time right here, that he's feeling some of what, what you're saying, Ken. Now, also, Ken, don't pay much attention to this. But for our diners, if you skipped 504, I recommend you go listen to my thoughts there. The very brief refresher is that I've been saying Justin is feeling a bit lost. He's unsure and probably a bit confused. And when he's lost and uncertain, he immediately looks for something to hold on to. He also has a need to know that he matters, to find some significance in his life and the things that he's doing and the people he's around. He also has that. And that is not a weakness. That doesn't make him a bad person. And the need to do that is not wrong. It's just honest and real. Now, what you grab onto first maybe the right or wrong thing, but the need to do it is not wrong. The other thing that Justin does is he will listen to and follow the advice of the people around him when his own thoughts are too clouded to sort out or whatever, or when he's not trusting in his own, when he's not trusting in himself and his own opinion because he is confused or unsettled or whatever in other areas of his life. He will trust the opinion of someone else. We've seen him do that before. so. Yeah, I'm looking for a little bit of that here. I'm expecting it here. I don't think that Brian believes that he might have gotten it from Justin. I think he just said that to prove his point and to get Justin off his back a yeah. little bit and to call Justin out on his little slut shame in there. Yeah, <laughs> um, facts. Because they have both been playing nicely with others, so there's no room for judgment. But I think he just said that to get off me. Yeah, like, <laughs> kind okay, of baby. Thing. 
Uh, and yeah, that pot calling that kettle. Right. <laughs> like, no, nah, don't do that to me. This is very likely an unpopular opinion, but a part of me feels like Brian doesn't love that he put Justin at risk. Like, true, they both put themselves at risk pretty often. But we know that Brian has always felt a need to protect Justin. And he lectured him on how he wanted him safe and how he wanted him around for a long time. Now, true, this is something that can be cured. But still, it's very possible that he could have transmitted it to Justin. And so it's just this reminder of, ooh, I am putting him at risk, too. Like, yes, he's doing it himself, but so am I. I'm putting him at risk also. Now, with that in mind, I wonder if avoiding that topic with Justin allows Brian to avoid that conversation with himself. Like, he doesn't intend to stop doing what he's doing, but he might make more of an effort to be careful because of it. But it does open this up a little more for me when we see Brian shoot back at Justin when he says, well, I could have gotten it from you. We've been seeing all of these external forces pressing in on Brian. And if I follow this line of thinking, this situation he finds himself in here is also doing that. It's kind of challenging the way that he has been living his life. And I don't think that's a conversation he wants to have with Justin, nor does he want to have that conversation with himself. And now I hear those of you who may be saying that Justin is being judgmental and perhaps where he took the the conversation for a minute there, perhaps, but he's not the one with unwanted decorations on his business. That part, so, okay. <laughs> yeah. Not the unwanted decorations. Yes, unwanted decorations. Okay. So the the tree, baby. I totally get why he is upset and about this. Again, not right to act right. judgmental, but... But yeah. he's, is that judgmental when he's potentially at risk? No, it's not. He's just angry yeah, and frustrated. Like, and who on truth. this show keeps their cool when they are caught off guard? Yes. No one. No not one. even Brian. Yes. Not even Emmett. No one. None of them. Yeah, and we've seen Debbie get crazy. So <laughs> yeah. Like, no. All of them, when they're caught off guard, you catch them in a bad moment, none of them are going to keep their cool. And again, that's real life. Because yeah. if I'm having a good night and I'm planning something and you come with some shit like that. I'm planning a nice thing for yeah. our relationship for us as a couple. And then here comes this. Yeah. I I'm, get that. I'm probably going to turn up to a million as well. Right. So, I mean, like he only turned up to 10. I'm probably going to be turned up to a million. Oh, you going like yes. five million. Five million, baby. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Call me the phoenix. I'm taking this to the universe. You are always looking for a chance to go over the top. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, guys. Don't you do me. love it. Yes, it's, it's in me. It's in me. It is in you. <laughs> and for the people saying, how did Justin not notice? Well, Brian thought it was a blister and probably would have told Justin that's what it was if, if he saw it because he really thought that's what it was. If I had a blister on my penis, girl, I'm thinking that's herpes immediately. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like... Uh, uh, no. Yeah. Right. Well, because he's thinking I'm safe all the time, so I oh, wouldn't, yeah. wouldn't, have, wouldn't yes. have gotten that. Yeah. You're right. But, and it's been there for a few days, and I highly doubt they haven't been doing what lovers do in those few days. But also, I'm like, this is a man who thought he could hide cancer and radiation. So if he thinks he's got something to hide, he's going to find a way to hide No, for real, for real. <laughs> yeah. Until he finds out what it is. But also, if he did think it was a blister, it's something that he could cover up and keep keep on pushing. True. In every sense of that word, um, and so I'm pretty sure that's what he that's what he yeah, did. And I forgot he said he rubbing it raw because you know Brian is very active, whether it's going to be with the Angela or you know what <laughs> saying, someone what, else, actual yeah. you know what I'm saying person. So I mean I forgot. Yeah, I think that there yeah. are realistic ways where you could say Justin wouldn't have known. You yeah, know, Brian just got out of the shower alone, and so I think that's a very subtle hint. Or okay, maybe he that's how he's showering now. Maybe they don't shower together every single day. True. And so, and also, we don't know if they're having sex every single day. I mean, just because you live together, we know that there have, are they, multiple ways yes. to. Well, according to a book called "The Joy of Gay Sex," there are many ways that two gay men can enjoy each other that do not require Justin to be looking at Brian's business. He sure doesn't, you know what I'm saying? Because Lord knows, I love this. 
to have somebody feast. Okay, we're going to just move okay. on okay. because there's a whole lot more that we got to do. Yes, so. let's go. I'm ready. <laughs> I yeah. am ready. Also, if you have a gay, bi, or pan's best friend and they don't have a copy of The Joy of Gay Sex, that would be a great Christmas present for them. And it's just a really good book for baby gays. Oh, something to, that is so for them to cool. Have. Yeah. Why couldn't this have come out when I was coming out? I, I mean, know. Well, I this book to, was out yeah, then, but see, I didn't know. you didn't know about it. I you didn't no have one. anybody. Mm-hmm. We need to like buy a stack of these and pass them out to some baby gays. For real. I have a baby gay. I took him under my wing. Yeah. Well, was, we're going to buy him this book. Yes. For yes. For okay, real. We're going to do it. <laughs> I will just speak briefly to this plot line. I'm sure there are other ways to put in some drama, but I think Queer's Folk has always been about telling the truth and talking about things that were happening in the real world that affected the LGBTQIA plus community. This season does that more than any other, I would say. In the year 2000, gay and bisexual men accounted for 7% of syphilis cases. By the year 2005, which is when this would have been coming out, gay and bisexual men accounted for 60% of syphilis cases. That's a giant increase So I actually think it was very appropriate to address it in a show like this. They were always talking about what was going on at the time. It's important to remember this was very much a show of its time. I think bringing it up is a way to say be safe out there because this infection is running rampant and it is on the rise again. Uh, And we always say, looking at the characters that we have to play with, who should we choose to tell this story? Who makes the most sense to, to talk about this issue? In this situation, in my opinion, is Brian and Justin. Because of other things going on with them individually, it kind of stokes at some other fires and creates some more tension there. I mean, you could have done it with Emmett, but we already did an AIDS scare with Emmett before. So to me, it just kind of makes sense to do it with Brian and Justin. Again, I'm not trying to make you like it. <laughs> I know some people feel like it's forced drama, but I do think this show has always been about talking about important issues of the time. And then you have to look at what characters we have available. What vehicles do we have available to drive this story? And I think that's Brian and Justin. I also want to make it clear that I'm not mad at Brian about this. I'm not taking a side. I'm not saying, oh, look at you, Brian, shame on you. Like, I'm not taking a side on this. I just wanted to spend some time thinking about this from Justin's point of view and exploring why he's initially so upset about it. So Ben, Michael, and Hunter are sitting down having a nice meal, the one that Justin was trying to have. Until <laughs> <laughs> Brian ruined it. Michael's on the phone with Melanie, and apparently she is calling a lot. Michael says that she's a control freak, and I just pass on yes, the whole thing. next. Pass for me, yeah. Hunter wants to be excused, and Ben knows that he's not okay, but he does kind of ask, right. ask him anyway. And then he tells him that the principal called and that there's going to be a meeting at the school with some parents. And I'm thinking, no. No, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I wouldn't. Yeah, Um, Like, do y'all have a meeting every time mono is going around? Or what about when someone has a cold sore that's caused by herpes simplex virus? Thank you. HSV-1. Like, do y'all have a meeting every time that's going around? That's very contagious, too. I know. (laughs) Yeah. What? I am not infecting anybody. Like, yeah, like nobody even knew anything. Mm -hmm. Heck, her parents not yelled out anything. None of my behavior has suggested anything Mm -hmm. to do with my past or my diagnosis. What? Or No. No, thank you. But Ben sees it as an opportunity for them to answer some questions and pass along some good information and truthful information. And that may work. But also, people will believe what they want to believe. And a lot of them already have their mind made up about things. So for the people who want to learn, who are there to learn, this could be good. But I don't know how many of them that's going to be. 
Yeah, I mean, I think you did say something right there. People already have their minds made up, but I'm still a strong believer of I have to tell my truth. Right. I have to do what it feels, what I feel is right for me. That's, and that's true. Because I'm the get same off way. My chest. Yeah. If I'm gonna give you information, if you receive it, you received it. If you didn't receive it, then I mean, that's on you. Mm-hmm. You know. And I'm gonna keep pushing. Mm-hmm. We already talked about how strong he already is and how brave he is. So I think this could them all three of them going to um, this meeting will be very, very beneficial just for him as a young person getting to express or or to really see if this is a place where he needs to be, if it's even safe. Yeah. Because if the parents are acting crazy like that, could you imagine him going home telling the child, go get them, go get him, mm-hmm. you know, that fucking fag, go get him. Like, I mean, anything. Like, right. you just never know. It could be a dangerous situation. So, I mean, I, I think this meeting, it's a good point to see where everyone's head is at. That's true. Mm-hmm. Gotta know your enemy. Exactly. You got to know your enemy. Hunter wants to attend this meeting. It's about him. And so he feels that he has a right to to be there. And it's kind of what you were saying. Like, I want to go speak my truth. Like, mm-hmm. you're going to talk about me. Well, let me let me talk about me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, nobody knows me better than I do. That part. Okay. Yeah. Um, then we were at a lesbian bar. Someone um, asked me recently if I thought that there was one on Liberty Avenue. And I was sure that there was because I remember the girls going there with Lita, I think, at, at some point. Oh, yeah, back. they did go somewhere. Yeah. I don't know if it was like Woody's was doing a lesbian <laughs> night or if it was an actual different place. But right. I do remember that. Anyway, Emmett takes... Ted there. It's a baby step out of the shadows and sewers for Ted <laughs> since he won't be trying to pick up anyone here. And no one there knows him, so he's safe and anonymous. Except Debbie is there. Uh, oh, <laughs> Teddy! Yeah. Oh lord, Debbie's in here. She is taking Emmett's suggestion about shooting straight pun intended with Loretta. <laughs> um, well, a very nice lesbian woman walks up to Ted at the bar and she notices that he looks pretty beat up. And asks if a man did that to him. <laughs> She's like, I would have protected you. <laughs> and uh, she mistakes him for a woman, obviously. He's giving butch. <laughs> but to be fair, he's wearing flannel. And that's he, the lesbian lingerie. Yo, so. That's what I said. I said, it's a damn shirt. It's and the that hat. hat. Yes, yep. girl. Yep. He's giving butch. Yep. Over at Debbie and Loretta's table, Debbie is trying to play wing woman for Loretta. But Loretta only has eyes for her. There ain't but one woman that tickles her fancy um <laughs> debbie better find her words before she ends up in the kitchen with loretta and that cream cheese ice and Girl, spoon <laughs> that part okay because loretta she is loretta is not playing yeah okay? she looks like she knows what she wants that part okay a lion on the hunt she is ready <laughs> yeah. okay uh, ben and brian are at the gym pumping some iron and Brian can't understand why Ben is working so hard when he thought one of the benefits of marriage besides monogamy was that you get to let yourself go and Ben says that he and Michael still enjoy looking good for each other. And um, I guess that's why Michael keeps curling that bang up he like that. Stop that shit, baby. That's not the look. <laughs> that's not the look. <laughs> the look uh-uh. Yeah, that, that's not no, the look. No, that's not it. Ben says that not everyone sees marriage and monogamy as a death sentence. For some of us, there it's a part of growing up. And I get the meaning, but I don't like the wording, Ben. Like, maturity looks different for many people. And I think it's more about growing into the path that is, is right, right for, for you. you. Yes, not conforming to an expectation or demand of someone yeah. else. And what you think is what what you think your path may look like is definitely not the path that's going to look like for me, baby. Right. Right. I mean, and you and Brian are too. I mean, like, damn, y'all both fine though. Like, damn, this scene was hot. <laughs> yeah. Y'all both fine, but at the same time, like, you would never be what Brian is. You know what I'm saying? And Brian could never be what you right. are. Right. Y'all are you know? two totally different people. Yeah. You want two totally different things out of life yeah. and from your relationship. And it goes back to being always shading. Right. But he must forget who he's fucking with because Brian will shade your Oh, ass. yeah. He okay. will shade you right back. King, I no problem with that. Yeah. Uh, well, he says that sounds more like 
giving up, surrendering to the straight world's conception of what it means to be a man. Now, Brian is extreme in his own views, of course, but when you have someone like Ben, Ben Shady, um, <laughs> uh, basically calling you an immature boy all the time, I understand digging your heels in on whatever point you're trying to make. I, I understand that. Well, Ben tells him that he can't be Peter Pan forever, but Brian says he can try. And I don't think it's that Brian wants to be Peter Pan forever. You have to remember that Brian wasn't deliberately planning on living a very long life anyway. Right. If he did, he did. But that's not really what his focus was. Mm-mm. Like, he was very here and now. All we have is today. Yep. Live fast and hard. And I think it was through the whole cancer thing that he started to feel more hopeful and more desirous of a long life. But that doesn't mean he knows how to spend that life or how to live that life or what to do with it. All he knows is what he's always done. And so far, that hasn't seemed broke, so why fix it? Exactly. But also, I just don't think he's out of that live-for-today mentality. He hasn't thought about what comes after Babylon days because he hasn't had to think about about that. Mm-hmm. And then also, he's like 35. It's not like he's 70. Right. So, I, I, I mean, max 35. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, leave him alone. Yeah, throwing that maturity around, like, grow up and all this. And that, but stop. Yeah. Makes me sick. Uh, anyway, Ben, who is sounding just like Elanti in this scene, says, <laughs> these days, he prefers to spend time in a family room rather than the back room. But Brian will not be outshaded. He reminds Ben of those days. Ooh. Yeah, that he spent at the Liberty Bank. <laughs> in orgies. In orgy game. rooms. Yeah. yeah, getting game bang. Yeah. And Ben says, leave it to you to remember that. And Ryan shoots back, leave it to you to forget. That now part. that you're positive and oh so PC. Now I can see if some people think that maybe Brian, what Brian said about him having HIV was insensitive, but I think he was saying, were it not for something like that that stopped your previous behavior, you would probably still be still back be there. So don't act like yeah. you're so much better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Or that like don't act like you have never experienced this life. Right. Like, it only thing even took the HIV. You know what I'm saying? Like he could have just maybe wanted to change, but don't act like you didn't live this life either. Right. Like, yeah. You've been there. And matter of fact, you're worse than me. Okay. <laughs> you, you, you in the gangbang orgy. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got it started. I'm watching from the sidelines of my one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Maybe two. <laughs> Orgy means at least four. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I mm. think he's like, you ain't too far from throwing it back in the bath. Oh, not throwing it back. <laughs> in the bathhouse. You know so. Not throwing it back. Yeah, Ben did not like that. Brian may not have stopped Michael from becoming a Stepford gay, but at least he saved Justin from a fate worse than being a heterosexual. And that would be being an imitation heterosexual. So, being something that you're not and trying he just to. Him again. Yeah, trying to conform to what they are, which in some ways is what. Michael and Ben are doing there's part of it where they okay you want to get married you want to have a family like that's fine move to a nice house but to do it because Eli Monty said to do it Mm -hmm. or they say yeah this is the right way or whatever like no then that Mm -mm. that is imitation yeah I think that if Ben and Michael would just do their thing and quit trying to hold their friends to some standard that they probably don't even meet like (laughs) they would be fine right and I also think that Brian wouldn't be so argumentative in either direction if they weren't judging him and people who live and think like him all the time uh, well, Brian is being cruised here at the gym, but he can't go after his prey because he still has another 24 hours before the syphilis clears up. <laughs> <laughs> Professor. I love how he just, just tells it. Like, yeah. yeah you know? And his face is looking like something's never going to change. Like, really, bro? You <laughs> yeah, that's how Ben's looking. Yeah. Just saying, like, just throwing it out there. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. And then Ben's probably thinking, and this is why. Yeah, you, exactly. You know, this is why yeah. we got out of, <laughs> we got off the avenue. So someone asked me a question the other day. Have we seen Ben at the loft? He might be the only one who's ben not been not at come. the loft. Yeah. Have we seen Melanie at the loft? Yeah. 
Where'd she from go? season one, she's been there. She went to the office. Yeah, yeah. Because even the episode when Justin had the leather daddy episode when Justin was babysitting because Brian was at the leather ball. Yes. She came and Justin was about to give the baby the hot milk or whatever. So uh, she was there yeah, that. Yeah. But she mm-hmm. was even there before that when when Craig tried to kill Brian with his car. Oh, uh, yeah. She was there. Been, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and she's been there. been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they all have been there. Have we seen? Yeah. Hunter's been there. Yeah, oh, yeah, he has. Yeah. Mm. Everybody okay. but Ben. Has been <laughs> well, look, it, it says it all exactly. Okay? He's not welcome. You're not welcome. <laughs> yeah, we see Michael and Ben leaving uh, their home, and Justin and Daphne are there to babysit. It's been too long since we've seen Daphne. Oh my gosh, she looks amazing. Yes. And I was wondering why we haven't seen her. I know budget cuts. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna give you three lines, girl. Yeah, okay. you're gonna be in two episodes yeah. this season. Yeah. Anyway, but also no to this scene because Michael, you wanted this baby and you nearly started World War Three to have her. So no, you cannot have a babysitter. You got to be here every second she is here. Every second, okay? Because remember, <laughs> it's the two of y'all is there, right? Okay, so so now neither one of y'all are there. Yeah. <laughs> and so no, she needs to come home now. And he could have done that. He could have dropped her off it, but he knew At she home. wouldn't have got her back. No, but you could have. I mean, but that would have been the right thing to do, though. Yeah, let me just bring her by early. Yeah. We got this thing that came up, and if he would have explained the situation calmly mm-hmm. and logically and rationally to Melanie. She would have read his ass, but she yeah. would have took the baby. But <laughs> she, it, you'd have to spin it for Melanie. you have to make her get angry at these parents who are taking this out on Hunter. Right, facts. So you got to know how mm-hmm. to work her. <laughs> for real. And clearly he does not. Yeah. He don't know how to work anybody, yeah, actually. he does like, not. Lord. <laughs> well, back to Daphne. I love that they kept this friendship intact over the seasons. It's a very realistic friendship to me. Like, they're... They're not constantly underneath each other, but you can see that they're still very close. Like, right. they are always not that far from right. what's going on in each other's it's lives. A, those type of friends where even if we don't see them, yeah. you know, we don't see them for, like, months. I mean, I don't know how long they see they, It's often. probably days. Because I mean, he right. was living with her right. uh, in season four. Mm-hmm. Well, technically, he was mostly at the loft, yeah, I but think. but he had but his <laughs> stuff. Just, he, she had <laughs> he a storage He would check unit. in every now yeah. and again to get that one sock or whatever. Right. But yeah, they're the type of friends where they can pick right up. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. They don't have to see each other every day. They don't talk on the phone every day. Yeah, and just that she would be game for doing mm-hmm. this with him. Well, she is fawning all over the baby, and she asks Justin if he ever thinks about having one. And he says sometimes. Then he reminds her of who he lives with, and he's never mentioned it, but Brian won't even get a puppy. So he's like, why would I even bring <laughs> up the baby conversation? Plus, that's not something that would have worked in Justin's life up to this point anyway. If he was asking for the future, then, yeah, that'd be a valid conversation. But right. for right now, that's nothing that would have fit into his life right now anyway. Besides, he says, now is not the right time to have a life-altering discussion with Brian, at least not until his syphilis clears up. <laughs> I personally think that these two things are separate. And I think that because of the conversation they have later, I think he knows that Brian is working out his own issues with his life stuff because he's seen Brian buying Babylon, trying to win Mikey back from the dark side. He's stockpiling all these things that Brian is doing and what he's saying just the way that he's talking. And so Justin's like, mm, he's uh, clearly he's got something mm-hmm. that he's got going on over there. So now's not the time for us to talk about life things. Um, so I think that's one separate issue. But um, him bringing up the syphilis, though, was just so he, he and his girl could shade. Exactly. Because he's, he wants more or, it, or he, he wants something different. Like this is the same situation weekend, you know, day in, day out. So I, I think he's, he's upset. So he wanted to voice that because he didn't have to say that. We know Justin would keep his lips sealed. He don't have yeah, to. He, 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 he didn't have to. Secret. Yeah, he didn't have to mention that. She would have never known. So, yeah, definitely two separate, um, two different um, situations. Uh, the syphilis, he wants to throw some shade. He wants, <laughs> he, he's angry, which he has the right to. Or not angry, but upset, I think disappointed or, I think, or something. Okay, so 
I think he wanted to tell Daphne the hot goss about his relationship because he's done that since right. episode 101. Yeah, but he, he used to be happy doing that. This one wasn't one of those. It was for, like, syphilis. I think it's like, oh, let me tell you the latest tea. <laughs> I wish I could syphilis. pick it up like that. I, but know. I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess to some people he might seem angry or resentful or petulant because he does throw it out there. But I don't think it's connected to what he was saying before. No, it has nothing to do with the baby. And that, and that whole conversation, yeah. like— and they're like, like you know, the, the big major decisions. It had yeah. nothing to do with that. That's two two different conversations. Yeah. I, I, I think so, too. At the parent meeting, I can already tell this is going to be a mess because all their faces look sour. A sour, baby. Yeah. And to the principal's credit, he did invite a doctor from the Pittsburgh AIDS Project to speak to them. And she's there to inform them of the facts and to alleviate some of their fears. She says it's near impossible for anyone to have been infected by the incident in the pool. She's like, that's not how it would happen. Here's what would have to go down or whatever. Well, Callie's dumb daddy has something to say. He says the hunter is a hustler, a male prostitute, and he says the parents don't want their kids around someone with Hunter's background. I'm thinking, you probably don't even know what your kids get up to. You didn't even know what Callie had going on until you read it in her diary. Mm, (laughs) Yeah. And really... Hunter is probably more mature than the majority of the kids at that school. <laughs> yeah, he had to grow up really fast. Because of everything yeah. that he went through. Well, Ben quickly jumps to, up to defend his son. And I don't know that I wanted him putting all of Hunter's business out there. Because, girl, he ran them yeah, down. But maybe they needed to hear it so they could see Hunter as a success story and not as a tragedy. Yeah. But I just feel like so many decisions have been taken from Hunter's hands on these things that are true about him. And so I would wish that he could have been like, yeah, you could tell them. Yeah, exactly. Instead of being just doing it. But I get that parental instinct to and immediately defend yeah. your child with everything you have. And I do respect that. And, about and I, that's why I love and respect Ben. From the moment that he met um, Hunter, he's always seen him like like a son. You mm-hmm. know, like I feel like he's always been that big brother, a fatherly figure for him. Hunter's only been living with him a year now. I mean, like he was so, I mean, the way he, his reaction time was yeah. spot on. It's almost like, I mean, he right. popped up out of that seat. So quick, I mean, his face. This man was like, one more word, I'm on your shit, bro. Right. <laughs> because he was like, can I finish? No, we don't care for you to finish. You know, like, and then he didn't let you finish. He yeah. jumped up and said what he needs to say. You don't know this guy. You don't know where he came from. You don't know the struggles he had to overcome from his mom and why he was on the street doing those type of things. Taking um, take into consideration what this young man had to endure. Right. And, uh, but it was the way, the passion that he said it in is what I like. I was like, oh, that's sexy. You go. <laughs> When you get home tonight, Michael gonna give you some good stuff because he came through for the family. He did represent for the family really well. He did, yeah. But the parents laugh and make a joke out of all of it. But Hunter calls them out and he says, "Now I see why your kids are the way they are. They got it from you." Enough said. That was checkmate. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, game set and match. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was it. Daphne and Justin are chilling and eating some popcorn, probably watching TRL on MTV. Yes. <laughs> you know? uh, she is surprised that he's being so casual about the whole syphilis thing. But Justin tells her, well, I did freak out at first, but I got tested and I'm fine. And he promises Daphne that he will be safe. Well, she wants him to be more than safe. She wishes that they would settle down, get married, and be monogamous. Well, Justin says that's never going to happen. That's just not where how the relationship is designed. JR interrupts their party because she wakes up screaming and crying when she realizes that she's at Michael and Ben's house. <laughs> I don't know this phrase. Yeah. I hate it here. Yes. Help. Yeah. But she also has a fever. They try calling Michael, but he's not answering. So Justin thinks it over. Then he makes another call. And he's probably knowing this ain't going to go over well. But 
he's between a rock and a hard place. Like, he's got to do no something. Choice, yeah. yeah. Let's talk about Daphne here. I think Daphne has always envisioned this like American dream for her best friend. Because ever, ever since she first heard about Brian, she was like, do you love him? Do y'all love each other? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so she, in her mind, has romanticized this relationship so much. And so even though she knows who they are as people and she knows, okay, neither one of them are perfect. But I think she has this idea in her mind of the what she time. thinks that they, what yeah, what they should have. And it probably does have, even though I think she's a great ally, it probably does have a heteronormative slant on it. Right. What she's thinking and envisioning for yeah, them. Yeah, I mean, I can see that. But as a kid, that's all you see. You see your Right, parents, that so. is what she, that's what mm-hmm. she knows. And so she, she loves Justin and she wants good for him. And that's what she feels like if the options are get married and settle down or risk getting syphilis all the time. Like in her mind, she's thinking this is what I want. This is what I want for my friend. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I don't think it's necessarily some like bizarre twist or turn of events for her to have that, that that mindset for him, whether or not she's right or wrong. I think that's where she's coming from Right for him. I think she's um, probably thinking like, like you said, she knows exactly who she's dealing with. Mm -hmm. So she knows that in this moment, that's probably not them. I think she was probably thinking like, well, baby, it's been four or five years now. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. People can change. I uh-huh. mean, I know you can be set in your ways, but baby, you're not that old. That dog, the dog ain't 60. Right. Okay? Like, <laughs> dog is 35. Like, yeah. So, I mean, so I'm thinking she's thinking maybe things can change. Good Friends is going to challenge yeah. you and question She's always you. challenging yeah. him in relationship situations, whether he be with Brian or with Ethan. She's mm-hmm. always, like, challenging him. In that now, whether it's according to what she thinks he should want or what she wants for him or whatever, but yeah, she does always, always kind of do that. And that's why I love her because a good friend is always going to do that and keep you on your toes and just make sure and look out for you. Make yeah, because sure she know, means it from a good place. Yeah. Well, back at the parent meeting, the principal apologizes on behalf of the awful parents. He thinks that they may want to consider sending Hunter to another school. And I remember Hunter wanted to go either to no school or possibly somewhere else, but right. then. Michael and Ben were like, no, you're going back. But this time, things have kind of switched. And Michael thinks maybe they should consider it. But Hunter is not going to let them run him off. He says he doesn't hear what they say or that they won't sit near him. They can't chase him away. I'm like, good for you, Hunter. Yeah, I love that. Like, yeah. Because yeah, I would have been like, um, where is it at? Yeah, now which one? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does it start later in the day? Because yeah, that would be preferable would be best, for me. <laughs> okay. And is it longer bike ride or shorter? Because if it's long, I'm going to need best money. Yeah. Uh, Melanie is at the hospital with a screaming baby. Lindsay comes rushing in, and Melanie has already been there for an hour. Ben and Michael come rushing in right after her. They just got the message, and Melanie says, Where in Babylon? Like she immediately (laughs) starts out, and then Michael yells, F you. Like, okay, we are in public. I mean, and it's you're in public, and there are tons of people in this hospital. Yes. They're not in a small, little, quiet, little waiting room or some shit. It's people around. And y'all yelling this out in front of the baby. Yeah. Uh, Lindsay knows that Melanie is on 15, but it's because she's been waiting for, she's already on nine, just on average. Uh, usual. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's normal. That's, that's idle. That's resting, yeah, yeah, that's resting heart rate. Yeah, that part. Is a nine anyway. And, but she's been waiting for an hour with a baby that is not happy and that is hurting. And so, you know, of course, yeah. that, that's got her on edge. Now, Melanie might be wrong, but Michael is even more wrong for coming in cussing at her like this. Yeah. <laughs> like, Fuck you! Yeah. Like, what, Michael? I mean, he just came from a pretty upsetting experience with Hunter, so I get that. And as soon as he walks in, Melanie hit him with an uppercut, but... She did, girl. She didn't even, like, throw a jab. She went right for the, you know, the head back. Yeah. Melanie can't believe that he left... He would leave JR with a babysitter after all the crap that he put them through, which is what I said earlier. 
But uh, she was with Justin and Daphne. Melanie says, well, they don't know anything. But Ben's like, well, yeah, they do. They knew enough to call you. And first of all, not too much, Melanie, on Justin and Daphne. Yeah, okay? not too much, boo-boo. I know you are mad and stressed and worried, but not too much on those two. And I'm like, girl, this is your first baby. Like, because Lindsay did everything for Gus because she was, she was overworked. <laughs> I mean, stressed the hell out with this boy, okay? Like, yeah. Tired all the time, didn't have no help from you. She was still cooking and all this other shit. Yeah, no. Sorry, yeah. this is your first baby. Stop playing with me. And I'm sure she would probably call Justin to babysit. Exactly. So she is just it being irrational mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. Melanie tells Ben that he has no say in any of this. And then her and Michael are locked in this shouting match. And then finally a nurse comes to take the baby. And I want to tell her, take that baby and keep her. Don't give her back. <laughs> <laughs> like, these fools are crazy. <laughs> oh, my God. Only one parent can go back with her. And Melanie says she's going. She's her mother. And then Michael, for no reason other than to throw his weight around, says, no, he's going. He's the father. Girl, he got three X's for me. <laughs> yeah, okay. I know. He didn't struck out yeah. with me. He really has uh, struck out. But Lindsay grabs the baby and is like, no, I'm going. You two can fight it out. Loved the baby her in this scene. Help. Just yeah. that ugly hair scene, though. But, it is the ugly hair. <laughs> but uh, I loved her in this scene, <laughs> yeah. though. It was like, come through, Lindsay. I think yeah. I said, that's why I fucks with Lindsay. Yeah. She put all the bullshit to the side. And the main reason y'all here at the hospital, the baby crying for another three minutes. Come on. Stop. I'm glad how she just snatched her out and was like, I'm going. Let's go. Yeah, I am sick of Melanie's attitude, even though I get that Michael can definitely take you there. But I'm a little sick of her attitude. And I'm just sick of Michael for the moment. (laughs) So they both have me rooting for Lindsay. They're both over the top. Yeah, Yeah. they are. It's been too much for too long with the two of them. And now it's like it's past the baby. It's like y'all be on y'all y'all intentionally trying to be catty with each other. Right. Like the baby ain't even out here no more. Y'all doing this. Yeah. Yeah. It's past that now. Now it's like it's a vendetta. So. Yeah. Well, Brian and Emmett are at Babylon. Emmett is flying solo because not everyone is as lucky as Brian to be in a non-relationship. He tried to get Ted to come out, but he wasn't having it. He saw a lesbian and went back to his hole for six weeks. (laughs) Uh, Brian tells Emmett that he has to deliver an important message um, that he has syphilis. And Emmett says it certainly hasn't been Brian's year, nether region wise. Uh. <laughs> and uh, he thinks that a full page ad in the USA Today would be more efficient for Brian to notify all his conquests. Yes. Brian prefers the personal touch, though. And Emmett says, well, maybe if you lay off the personal touch, you wouldn't <laughs> have to start That's... spreading this news. I'm dead. I like the look that he that he gives Emmett. Um, Brian walks over to one guy and tells him that, hey, you may want to get tested. And then it just spreads like wildfire. And fortunately for Emmett, he's been spared that nasty rash, he says, until someone comes whispering uh, in his ear. <laughs> yeah, it's like you, the you, six degrees of Brian Kinney. <laughs> you remember that one time we was back there? I mean, I mean that'd be terrifying. I would have slapped the hell out of Brian if I was Emmett. Like, you hussy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Back at the hospital, Lindsay comes out with the baby. She's got some medicine that needs to be picked up. And Melanie and Michael, they... They start right back up. Melanie wants to take her home, which, to be honest, would be my suggestion. But technically, it's still Michael's time. I'm so over them. I know, but Michael is literally in the hospital. Yeah, though. and Michael is literally trying to pry her from Melanie's hand. Like, come on, honey bun, you're going home with me. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh, dude. Lindsay withdraws herself from the custody circus, and she says that she hopes that they spend as much time thinking about Jr.'s needs as they do their own. And I don't think she's abandoning the baby. She does love her. Clearly she does. That's why she was the one who took her when the nurse came. 
because the other two couldn't figure themselves out. But she's not going to be a part of this foolishness. Yep. Okay. She's not like she, her main concern is the uh, well-being of the child, mm-hmm. and she's not here for this back and forth fighting shit. Yeah. She's not here for the tug of war of the baby. No. Because like, if you know it's what? a fight about the baby, I'll get in that. But that's right. not what this fight is about. It's not. So I'm gonna remove myself. Okay. Yeah. Y'all have edit again. I loved it for that. Like that yeah. was a real mother and grown woman thing to do. Yeah. I think this is like that story that was referenced earlier with the the King Solomon, you know, in that story, there are the two women, they were both claiming to be the mother of this baby and they're fighting and the judge can't figure it out. The king can't figure it out. Then he says, okay, well, here's what we're going to do. We're going to cut the baby in half. Each one of you can have half. Mm-hmm. And then there you go. And then one mom is like, okay, cool. And the other is like, no, 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 she can have her. She can have the baby. Just do not harm the baby. Right, and I will remove myself. Just do not harm the baby. And then they're like, clearly this is the mom because mm-hmm. she was going to sacrifice that for the sake of this child. Right. That's definitely who Lindsay is being in this situation. And we knew that she would be the mature one because she's wearing a turtleneck. <laughs> and you already know the turtleneck oh, in Queer as Folk. Yes, baby. <laughs> They all turtleneck down, okay? Like, I mean, we have Jennifer in the turtles. We have Justin in the turtles. Yeah, you uh, put that, that turtleneck on. It's yes, mature. I'm, tell, I'm letting you know now. You are serving, okay? <laughs> yeah. Giving. Uh, we see Loretta is still on her campaign to woo Debbie. She made her some heart-shaped jello. Like, Debbie, you got to do what needs to be done, girl. Baby girl, because, you, yeah, you step your game up. <laughs> yeah, you got to go on and do it. Well, she sits her down and tells her that she's truly flattered and honored, but she's not gay. Well, Loretta didn't think she was gay at first either, but oh. that's because she hadn't met the right person. She's persistent. Yes, I love that. Go <laughs> yeah. ahead, girl. But Debbie has met the right person. His name is Carl Horvath. And then she tells Loretta that she doesn't really love her. She just thinks that she does because she's finally expressing herself as herself. But she needs to find someone who can love her back. And I think that's really, really good advice. It was the best advice. Um, Debbie was vulnerable. She was honest. She was open with her. And she still treated her like a friend, didn't embarrass her. It was like, baby girl, you're living your best life, but it can't be with me. You think I'm the one for you, but you haven't even experienced anything. Hell, she was locked down for all these years with a, an abusive husband. Right. Like You're just now, you were able to just now experiment with a fucking kiss that got you kicked out of your house. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, and a broken jaw. Yeah, and a broken like- jaw, yeah. You haven't experienced anything. You think you love me because I was your savior. I was the one who took you under the wing, you know, and and, and gave you that confidence. Well, yeah. helped you gain that confidence that you were needing. What Debbie said was, was wonderful. It was one of those true Debbie speeches that she gives, but it was a, on but a very nicer kind, note. Yeah, yeah, on a nicer note because, you know, yes, Debbie. Loretta wouldn't be at my no. hand all true Debbie. <laughs> a true Debbie let down. Yeah, no. Not at all, but um, <laughs> she, she did it right. Emmett brings some queer guy magic to Ted's place. They are not showing us Ted's whole face, I noticed, in this scene. We haven't really seen it this whole episode. Emmett has some products with him, but more than that, he has some truth. No matter what you look like, there will always be one person who is blinded by your dazzling beauty. And I love that he still can say things like that. True, and because, it, well, it doesn't get awkward in their friendship, but he can still genuinely yeah, say things like that because to he, him. Because he, he genuinely means it. And also it was the right thing to say in that moment. Teddy needed to hear those good yeah. words of encouragement. But if Brian would have said it, that it would have ended with your mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's the one person. Yeah. Yeah. I love their friendship. A hunter is back at school and people are still staring, but he ain't caring. Callie is walking with him and tells him that her Two lifelong liberal Democrat parents got put in their place by him and what he said. And she's glad Hunter decided to stay. He takes Callie's hand and she quickly pulls it away when her boyfriend spots them. For one, she thinks he probably has the cooties. (laughs) Two, 
that's her boyfriend. Yeah. Um, and we already know that, you know, she lost her, I don't know if she lost her virginity. Well, she, she did. Yeah, she lost her virginity to him. I'm pretty sure the boyfriend doesn't know all that, but he knew that they were together beforehand. And I mean, don't be holding my girlfriend's hand. It's an embarrassing thing too. And I think he, he, he's going to feel that. You're saying all this to me, but when our peers come around, for one, right. why you didn't tell me you had a man? That's my thing. You know, like, why you didn't tell me you had a man? Yeah, my thing. Why didn't you had time to tell me this? Just like, I want to be your friend again. I am dating somebody, but we can be friends. Why didn't you tell me? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you, you literally, you letting me hold your hand, you know, and we're walking. I'm trying to make plans with you. Yeah, because nothing has changed for Hunter. Yeah. I mean, he was just upset with her because he thought that she told his secret right. and was spreading it around. But his feelings for her had not changed. Because she didn't leave. I mean, he didn't leave her. The parents made them separate. Right. And know? then she left because she couldn't get out of her mind yes, what, what was going, what, what, happened. what he had done. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, nah. As, again, it goes back to, I don't, I don't like this girl. I was about to use the F word, but I've been, using, <laughs> I've been cussing a lot this episode. I'm not going to do it. I don't like this girl because, I mean, you had time to tell me what's up. Then I just feel like now you're trying to set me up for the kill. Yeah. It just, mm, just rub me wrong. I don't, I don't mess with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yes, he is not cool. One good friend makes all the difference. (laughs) I thought she was being a good friend, but now I don't know. I don't know, Kelly. I don't know yet. Well, Ben and Michael are at Woody's, and they've been doing Woody's a lot lately for two men who prefer the family room. Mm. Well, Melanie called to let them know that JR is fine. It's probably they just needed a night. And I'm like, oh, you can understand needing a night out just to, you know, clear your mind after having a rough day. Really? You can still understand that? Anyway. Michael finally realized and admitted that he was thinking about himself this whole time. Thank God. It wasn't about JR. It was about what he wanted. Like, he finally heard us. Like, we've been screaming it to him for five yeah. episodes, and the people in our comments have been screaming it to him. Yes. <laughs> he finally heard all of us. Yeah, let's give ourselves a round of applause because yeah. we got him. We okay, got, we got him. It's all going to be okay now. <laughs> uh, he's not going to give up custody, but he thinks that JR should spend more time with her mother and maybe they should come up with a new arrangement. And I'm like, you mean like the one that y'all had before you started all this? <laughs> yes. Oh, okay, that cool. One. Let's do that one. Okay, cool. Because see, why couldn't you have done this three episodes before? Because now Lindsay would have never had to go through all that crazy mess with, with Mel. Yeah. I think they could have been on the path that maybe now there's at the point of no return. But yeah. if they didn't have to sue each other or, or do all that, you know, bring up all the, the nasty little dirt on each other. It could have been some it type of... It could have been a little bit uh, better. Yeah, yeah, they, like, yeah, they've been that much closer to, yeah, being cordial with each yes, other. and now he's like, oh, well, you know what? You're right. You know, we're going we're gonna to call a different plan. <laughs> like, after you did all yeah, this crap. shut your ass up, bro. I'm so done with you. Yeah. But Ben tells him that that is a very wise, very loving decision. Brian shows up during their makeout session saying, since when do married people have fun? And they tell him that he ought to try it out sometime. He might enjoy it. Emmett finally got Ted to come out of the house. He tells Brian, Ben, and Michael to praise Ted when they see him and tell him he looks fabulous when he comes in. Brian is practicing, and I'm like, oh, he's going to blow it. He's going to be the one to blow it. Ted does eventually come in, and everybody does right. Even Brian does after a little bit of a prod from, from Emmett. But they don't really notice much of a change with him. And Brian says, well, I never really looked at him enough to notice. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, he is the worst best friend to have. I kind of love that Ted looks exactly the same. It's kind of, it makes it seem like a silly plot line, but it makes perfect sense for Ted because he has always struggled with negative self-image. And since he's been on this uphill journey to self-love since we met him, it makes sense that the final version of him is the him that's been there all along. Yes, exactly. And and he has that that love for himself on the inside. Yeah. 
Emmett sums it up perfectly. He says it doesn't matter that he doesn't look any different. It matters that he thinks he does. If Ted can look in the mirror and see a new man, a man with confidence and a man he likes, that's all that matters. Absolutely. Yep. That's the truth of it. Well, we see Debbie. She has a surprise for Carl. She has on her sexy necklace. And is that <laughs> is that like a negligee with that? Yes. What you call what mm-hmm. she has on? That's a negligee. I don't know why she would think he'd be ringing the doorbell. But maybe yeah, he, yeah. Well, well, maybe he works like weird shifts or whatever. Right. And so. And she had the, door, the deadbolt locked. Yeah. But she go And then I guess when she gets downstairs, she realizes it wasn't locked at all because she just pulls the door right open. <laughs> but anyway, she gets a surprise because it's not Carl. It is Loretta. Loretta tells her that she's going to be leaving Pittsburgh. Uh, she tells her that she gets fixated on things that she that she likes. And if she stays, she'll keep on loving Debbie and it won't do either of them much good. Debbie wants her to stay as a friend because she's come to care about her. And she I think she likes seeing she wants Loretta to grow and spread her wings. But it's like, don't not over here. Yeah, fly over there. Um, but I'm proud of Loretta for being bold enough to make this move and, and spread honest. her wings because this time she's choosing yeah. to move on. Mm-hmm. She had to flee last time and she's making the choice to move yep. on now. And so I'm very proud of her. I kind of thought that Debbie was going to like give her a goodbye kiss. Thank God she, she did. I know. I'm like, I'm so glad they didn't do that. Don't do that Michael <laughs> shit. Yeah. Okay. If she would have, I said, Don't that's where you get her. it from. Yeah. yeah do not breadcrumb her. Because yeah. I mean, she already just told you she's hooked. Okay. Yeah. Well, we see Lindsay bringing some baby stuff to Melanie since JR won't be coming to her house anymore. I'm like, they're all so dramatic. She's like, she ain't going to ever see this child again. Anyway, Melanie wants to make sure Lindsay isn't fully walking away from the baby. And I think that was a genuine concern for her uh, because the kids are what keeps them in each other's lives. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, they have the bills, but if it weren't for the kids, they wouldn't be splitting yeah. the bills. And Lindsay says, I'm more Jenny's mother now than I ever was because I'm doing this for her, not for me. Lindsay didn't intend for it to get so ugly. She uh, thought that maybe things would be different for them because they loved each other, but it just went the way it went. Yeah. But she even gives Melanie a check for their share of the water heater. And so maybe they'll be able to be friends at some point. Why do I want them just to hug? Like, yeah. <laughs> a hug will fix a lot. Like an embrace, it, it, it really, really does. can. Like, yeah, it can go a long way. Hug her. Look, girl, that is your baby mom. Right. Okay. Because not the mother of your child anymore. That is your baby mama, the way y'all act. <laughs> I know, because I okay? Yeah. You acting real ratchet. Just give this girl a hug. Like, mm-hmm. stop playing. Uh, ben and Michael are leaving Liberty Avenue for the night, but it feels like forever. Yeah. You said, this feels like the finale. I know. Um, because we get <laughs> shots of Michael as he's reminiscing about the time that he spent there with Brian and with Emmett and Ted. And he says, instead of missing what was, he is going to be looking forward to what is yet to be. They see Hunter out on the street reconnecting with old friends and smoking a little something, basically kind of acting out. This is what I meant some episodes back. Y'all have a child to be focusing on. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Who clearly has a lot going on right now. Can use a lot of your love know. and attention. Thank I know it's hard for parents to juggle multiple children who have things going on at the same time, but you unnecessarily took on an issue, a burden, when you already had a situation to deal with. I was with. just about to say that. Like, y'all chose to take this on. He's been going with the Cali shit before the baby was even born. Right. You know, so y'all chose to add that extra instead of focusing on the one that really needs to help at the mm-hmm. moment. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you kind of deserve what you need. Yeah. You My heart kind of hurts for Hunter thinking this is where he belongs, thinking, well, these are the only people um, who understand it me. It was sad. Yeah, that was kind of that was kind of sad. And he says that he never should have been at that school with people who think they're better than he is. And I think he said that, but what he probably meant was 
people who are better than me. Right. Like, who did I think I was going there? Mm-hmm. Uh, because He's not going to admit that, but we know he's kind of like Brian in that way. They make it seem like I didn't want to be there anyway. Right. But really, it was, I kind of did, but they didn't accept me, accept me there. Because he, he did go back. He chose to go back. Yeah. And he says, at least the guys on the street accept me for who I am. But in case he forgot, Michael reminds him, so do he and Ben. And so they get him to come home. I'm so glad that they walked out at that time and saw him. It was perfect. And, and yeah, and brought him back home. And it was perfect this one time because earlier Michael didn't have any empathy or anything. Right. And then in this scene, he was like, what are you doing? Like, we see who you are as well. And we don't judge. We appreciate who you are. Yeah. Let's go home. Like, he didn't give up. Mm-hmm. Because that Hunter was going in on him, actually. I'm not fucking going back. Like, I'm yeah. raising his voice. I'm not doing it. Right. And then they were just like real calm. Like, and Ben didn't say anything. Hunter, I mean, Michael, Michael had it. This is kind of his version of what Lindsay did. And it's like, okay, this is how I do the right thing for my children. Yep. I back out of this situation with JR a little bit. I don't mm-hmm. give up custody, but I let her stay with her mom. We go back to some arrangement, i.e., the one we already had. But anyway, <laughs> and then for Hunter, I understand you're hurting. I'm not going to harp on you, I'm not going to be insensitive. I'm going to look around at your situation and see what all you have going on. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, we accept you too. Come on. Let's yeah. go to the house. Yeah. And so removing himself, because it looked like he was just frustrated and annoyed when he went off on Hunter earlier right. in the episode. So he's removing himself and thinking about his children first. And that is the only version of Daddy Michael I like. Love it. All the other versions of Daddy Michael? No, thank you. <laughs> but the Pass. ones that prioritize the kids, I'll take it. Yes, absolutely. I'm right there with you, though. I mean, but yeah, like, oh, it just goes back to, I forgot. I forgot, I forgot about this scene really quickly. But yeah, sad. The fact that he... He really felt like you yeah. know, that's where he belonged. Mm-hmm. Just immediately went right back there. Yeah. I mean, he could have been at the house just sitting in his room, mm-hmm. but he immediately went back to the street. Only place he felt safe. Right, yeah. Except that. People will, yeah. nobody will judge me for what they know no. about me out here. Well, Brian is home after a night at Babylon. Justin is drawing something to do with rage. We don't really get to see it yet. It's only one thirty, so Brian's home early. His enforced celibacy is over, and he wanted Justin to be the first to know, which, before we dive into the rest, is a gesture of sorts from Brian. Uh, it's a small one, but it is one, I think. I mean, he Because left, he could have been out Yeah, home. he left a club full of men. Yeah, to come home. And his new VIP lounge yes. to come home to Justin as soon as he had a green light. Now, so perhaps it's a small and very non-traditional gesture, but, but who, it is but one. also, baby, uh, me, <laughs> y'all know I love me some Brian, but what we're not going to do... Although it is a prize, because we heard how big it was. But don't, <laughs> don't yeah, use that part. But don't don't come home like you finna give me the gift, right? You know what I'm saying like, <laughs> like oh yeah, baby, you know what I'm saying like I got something for you. Yeah, I didn't ask for that shit. Yeah, like, I mean, he coming home like yeah, you know I'm finna finna give you some of this good old yeah. No. Okay, we're gonna get into this scene because we gotta wrap up soon. But a conversation that Ken and I had in the car on the way here was about what's going on with Brian and Justin. Yeah, and. What what we kind of talked about was we get that Brian has a point to prove. It's, we talked about how different developers and different people or different whatever are trying to gentrify and homogenize Liberty Avenue and, right. and just how that mindset is seeping in and taking over. And so Brian is standing his ground with a lot of that stuff and digging his heels in. And so I get the point that he's trying to prove and what he's trying to stand for and symbolize. And I'm okay with that. But what is happening is when you get focused on that, you got to think about what message is that sending to my partner when I'm very much like 
be on your own. Do what you want to yeah. do. Don't do commitment. Marriage is awful. Partnership's terrible. <laughs> you yeah. know, kind of thing. And you got a partner of the house. Like, you got to think about. Like, yeah. What, taking yeah. Their, uh, account their feelings. Yeah. And, and there are times the when Justin will be able to be like, he's just making a political statement. He's not making a personal statement necessarily. But then Justin's this ain't, not feeling. But this ain't one of those times. Yeah, Justin ain't not. in the best spot right now. No, he's so. coming off the fact of. He wants or feels like he a little something more is needed, you know? Yeah, he's like, what am I doing in my life? Yeah, exactly. Like, he's at a time in, in his life where he's growing. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the growth is happening. We've always talked about Justin from day one, the growth, the maturity, the growth, the maturity. Well, right. he is growing. He's another growth spurt, yeah, yeah, like, I mean, he is growing again. And for the for the better, you know? Like, I'm not trying to say that he and Brian are going to go their separate ways. But, I mean, it's giving him something to think about. Like, maybe uh, have him re-evaluating, like, what his real his wants and you know what his needs really are regarding a relationship. So I mean I don't know. I just want to see where it's going. But right now the energy is not giving me what I need from them. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just not giving me what I need. It always has me scared when they're when they're beefing. It has me scared because they're both stubborn. Right. They're both hard headed. So they'll easily be like, "Fuck it, let's just call it quits." And I'm like, "No, I like I, I need I need that." Yeah. But if it did happen this time, I don't know. I'm not gonna advocate it for it back if it happened again this time. Well, I guess we wouldn't be able to anyway. I got to move on. Okay. (laughs) I can't do that. Um, Brian is trying to lure Justin to his platform bed, but Justin has work to do. And as soon as he says that, Brian already knows this night is a no-go. I ruined his dinner night, so he's been ruined. He's been ruined my night, yeah. (laughs) He tells Justin, okay, well, you can do it in the morning. And Justin's like, I'm doing it now. Mm -hmm. Um, Justin is not won over by this little gesture that Brian threw out there. And interestingly, he uses Daphne's words, not his own. He says, how can you be so casual? Don't you ever get tired of it? And Brian's like, well, to get tired of something means it's it's become predictable, unsatisfying, boring. boring. Sort of like where I suspect this conversation is headed. See, that was shape. Yeah. That, that's grounds right there to make me get snappy with you yeah. now. And Justin's like, or it can mean you found something more satisfying, more meaningful. And Brian says, and that would be... Now, part of me thinks Justin is holding in the answer because, like you told Daphne, now is not the time to talk life-altering decisions with mm-hmm. Brian. And another part of me feels like Justin only partially feels this conviction because, like I said, he used Daphne's words. These weren't Justin's words. Mm-hmm. And we know that when Justin's thoughts are all in a tangle, he can hear other people's voices clearly, clearer yes. than he can hear his own. And so he will say what they say and think what they think right. while his stuff is in a tangle until he can get his stuff worked mm-hmm. out. So... Yeah, I'm not really sure he feels this conviction. But also, even if he has the words for this answer, which is what Brian would expect him to say, probably, I'm not sure if he really feels them yet. Right, yeah. So I think that's why he didn't really say anything. But Brian doesn't want to hear it because then he'd have to respond to it. Yes. And, and he knows it's, it's only going to go his, downhill Yeah, well, his knee-jerk there. response, well, what mood he's in right now, what's going on in his life right now, probably won't be the best response. Yeah. And so before Justin can say it, Brian gets up and I'm, I, I got a hint of fear in his eyes. I don't know. And um, he immediately, yeah, he closed the door on that conversation. I'm going to take a shower. You I can, didn't get fear. I got annoyed. Like we're back down this damn road again. Mm-hmm. Like I've already, you know, you're mine. I got you in my house. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to look apartment. at it again. Cause I just briefly looked up. Right. And so I'm going to have to look at it again. Yeah. I got like annoyed. Like, Oh Lord, here we go again. Like yeah. I'm not changing my mind. Justin. <laughs> yeah. I'm never going to say you're my boyfriend. You're my live-in roommate, fuck buddy, friend, 
person that I care for a or lot. Or he'll go back and forth. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. he's his partner. Sometimes he's his non-traditional Yes, you're my boyfriend. non-traditional yeah. boyfriend. Okay. They're in a non-relationship. Yeah. But yeah, I think that Brian has known a version of this conversation was coming. And he's been trying to keep it at bay. But uh, here it is. Or part of it. <laughs> And then we see what Justin's been drawing. He flips it over when Brian walks away. When when Brian walks in, he flipped it over to hide it. And now we see it. It's a panel with uh, JT. And he's ask, yelling at Rage, asking, when are you going to stop thotting in these streets? Yes. And the speech bubble for Rage was blank. But after this interaction that they just had, Justin fills it in with never. In capital letters. Yeah. Um, That's heartbreaking to me. That right there makes me feel like they're going down this path again. Justin, because Justin's art is so true to himself. Right. He so, writes what he's going yeah, through. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't like that. Like, if he's in never, that's never going to give Justin what he wants. Yeah. You know, or or, or the idea of what Justin thinks. It's not what Justin thinks because he went out and had Ethan. It's just that Ethan, was, and he loved what Ethan could have been. It's just that Ethan wasn't the one. He wasn't in love yeah, with Yeah, he wasn't in love with really. Ethan. Really, yeah. If he could have what he and Ethan had if he can, with Brian. The, the gestures from yes. that and the, like, I think it ain't even. It's not even the gestures. It came in the form of gestures, but what he needed was the reassurance. Yes, from what he was getting there, and to be able to just look at something tangible and say, "Here is proof of where I stand with this mm-hmm. person and how they feel about me." And Ethan served that up, yeah, like, you know, he did, <laughs> you know, with no problem. He served all that up. Now, whether or not it had any meaning or depth or whatever, that's something that we can talk about and right. we can question. But he served up those gestures mm-hmm. that would have signaled symbolized this is how I feel this is where we stand like here's a ring because I'm committed to this Mm -hmm. here is breakfast in bed because I feel this way about you or here's a song I wrote for you or whatever and that's what he wanted from Brian I think it could have taken on other forms which Justin later realized it did take on other forms coming from him but at the time he needed it in something easily recognizable I went way off with that. I don't no, know where I was going. I, yeah, no, you kept going. <laughs> okay, sorry. Uh, no, you did that. But no, I, I can definitely see where, where you were going with that. For sure, for sure. It just, uh, ugh, I, just I don't I know, like it. I don't it. like it either. Yeah, I don't I like don't it either. So I don't like even want to deal with it. I know. Because it, like Justin writes that in as though he's getting the answer to his question. Yeah. And it's like, okay, so what's the next page? Yeah, it seems fine. Yeah, I flipped that bitch now. Yeah, I want to yeah. see. And he's drawn rage with like canker sores, yeah. like a syphilis. All of like, that is so messed up. Yeah, I know. So messed. Now he is angry and he's frustrated and he's feeling things. And we know that he... He amplifies that in his mm-hmm. art. Whatever he's feeling, he turns it up to 100 in his art. That's what mm-hmm. he does. And, yeah, but I, mm-mm, mm-mm, I don't want to do that. No, I don't. I, I don't want to do that with yeah. him. I was like, let's go ahead and close the book. Okay. Like, I'm not turning no page. Speaking of a book, I've got something to show you, and I wanted to get a live on mic reaction. Oh, Lord. Okay. okay. So, hold on okay. one second. I'm closing my eyes. I feel like Emmett. Like, what is it, Teddy? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Emmett, you can open your eyes and flip through the book. Oh, shut up! <laughs> so this is oh my Emmett. God! You I want me. you to see it. Y'all, I just said I needed this book, okay? It's The Joy of Gay Sex, okay? She got me one. <laughs> I got it for my baby gay. Shut up, I love you. Oh, girl, wait a minute. You know I like pictures. Girl, stop playing with me, okay? It is a illustrated guide into... Oh, it's yeah. so good. Y'all, if y'all don't have you a copy of The Joy of Gay Sex, y'all need to go out there and copy our <laughs> one right now. Yo, this book is going to be so dope. Brad going to love you. <laughs> Brad is going to love... Well, actually, I'm going to love you because... It's, uh, uh, I guess, some how-tos and some... Yes. Ad- uh, um, a dictionary, a glossary, I guess. Stop playing with me. Girl, uh, yeah. <laughs> 
List of entries. Page one, anus. <laughs> also, page one, bear, uh, bear backing. Um, bass, we have the bears, bisexuality, um, blowjob, body decoration. Oh, that's cute. Okay. <laughs> body fluids and disease. Okay. I mean, let me go to the bottom. Oh. Girl, that last one, though, I'm not even going to say it out loud. You know what I'm saying? That last one, though, is for me. I like that. Okay, we got to wrap up. Yes. Oh, my God. Ishelle, thank you so much. Like, for real. Like, ah, yeah, I'm, thank you. I freaking love you. Alrighty, guys. Well, uh, yeah, now I'm embarrassed and shy, and I'm real giddy, like, look, girl. But um, that does wrap up that episode, okay? I know there's a lot going on in that with all the drama from, um, you know, our little yeah. three-couple parent yeah. situation, and then we getting all this news from Brian and Justin. So let us know what, how you guys weigh in on these situations. What do you think about Brian and Justin's little situation right know, now? It's getting sticky. It is. It's getting sticky. I know sticky. some people... For some people, this was probably a slow episode, but I think that they were doing a lot of... Um, no, they were setting up the puzzle pieces right yeah, now. Yeah, they were. Yeah, because we know we've been building towards some things yeah. with a lot of different people and mm-hmm. a lot of different arrangements, be it friendships or relationships. And so this was a very pivotal episode in Well, that. you know how they always do. It's always like they give you... They send you one direction mm-hmm. in the very beginning. I don't know. Why I don't always get it? I don't know why. I can never see it coming. But they'll send you in one direction in the beginning. And then mid, it's a switch that like just literally takes you the fuck out. Like yeah. your heart dead. Like, <gasps> I mean, like for real. So this was that pawn being moved because we about to get ready to switch this whole table around right now. Like yeah. I know it. I can see it in your eye too. You're you giving cannot. it up. I have, I have an eyelash in my oh, eye. Is that what, what it you is? See? Yeah. You're giving it up. <laughs> Well, guys, yeah, weigh in on those situations. Like she said, a little slower um, episode, but it was a lot that you can receive from that. Let us know what you guys think. As always, we like to say, keep it interactive. Hit us up. You know how to reach us, guys. Until next time, we are out of here. Bye. Bye.